I, like, yes, there were a lot of mullets in the 80s, man, but god damn. the imperial schools of honor podcast i'm josh Bolin, and i'm jay baxter and we're gonna be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again we are back on that mag app hustle we're flipping through nintendo power issue 9 along with our morning peanut butter captain crunch cereal and you can <laughs> find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at i'll drop the link in the show notes as i always do please rate and review the podcast that shit helps us a lot and it makes us feel better about uh, ourselves and life jay uh, what are you jamming on right now? Man, so definitely continuing my Assassin's Creed Odyssey grind. Getting high level. I'm like level 46 now. I'm, I've am i defeated so many cultists. Man, the end of the game is coming. So I'm just trying to finish that game before the Valhalla edition comes out. Because uh, I, I don't want to have multiple editions of the same game going on. So <laughs> chilling with that. Continuing with NBA pursuit. 2K. <laughs> yeah, you know, got got to finish it up, man. I, I I never finished Zelda. You know, there's so many good games that always come out. I got to, like, focus and get, get, get them done. Um, and definitely, finally checking out Battletoads. Oh, man. Did you ever play the original one? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I've, I've been seeing the chatter about the new one. Is it? I mean... It's, I, I presume I presume the first thing they addressed as far as a reboot is is the difficulty. <laughs> it's freaking hard, man. So yeah, it's I obviously I was only remaining never true to the before. original IP. I guess is also one way to one, one angle to go. <laughs> yeah, it's so I played it with Zion. Like we're playing the game, we get a few levels in, and just like before, there's one of those levels where you're riding some kind of speedster thing. And you have to dodge. Like, you have to be so fast. And I'm doing very well at this. And Zion is not as good at this. She's just not used <laughs> to having to be so quick twitched, you know, with the reflexes. And this level is so long, man. I can't even tell you. It's like we would complete a part of it. It will take us many tries. And we complete a part and think we're done. Nope. It extends more. Do this for, like, 30 minutes. Finally get past it. Nope. It extends more. Like, this level, we spent hours. <laughs> and like we had to just take a break and do other things and my son wants to play as well so now i'm thinking we're going to try it again on the novice difficulty and hopefully like the three of us because there's no way he could do this like hopefully the three of us can get farther than that but yeah it's, can, it's fun you but... can play more than it's got more than two player co-op at the same time yeah you can have three so you can have as many as there are battle toads so you can have That's up cool. to three players yeah but right now that level like Unless it's drastically shorter, there's no way we're going to get past that with with him playing. Like I, I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be fun, but very short lived. We'll that, that's a very interesting. Like the because you know, like I said, it is this inf- infamously. Actually, the the one of the guys I listened to, one of the podcasts I listened to, just did a I think Cartridge Command just did an episode on on Battletoads. So I, you know, I, because the new one came out, I'm sure it was the reason behind it. But anyways, they they were you know that they're going through and just talking them you know listening to someone talk about the minutia from that game you know everyone has a memory of it of course uh and it, it being hard but then listening to them talk about the specifics of the difficulty as as someone who's like re you know as from the designer perspective i mean if someone trying to reboot 
a a property like that that is known for being just a total prick on the difficulty <laughs> front like it's a very interesting like because people have been bitching about it for 30 years you'd think the the logical angle would be let's make this more approachable and more you know da, da, da. Yeah. but a very interesting angle is to decide like no that's what it's known for like and just let's take that even further <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> you know, it's a pricks, very man. approach to it yeah uh, yeah not a fan <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it these days, man. With all the time I have, what about you, sir? Uh, I haven't played a moment of NBA 2K20, and as I told you, I am generally a better and happier human being for it. <laughs> so, so that's something I have not been playing. Uh, I did play. I played quite a bit of the Outer Worlds, and uh, okay, yeah. I what you think? I, I don't know, man. I I kind of hated myself the entire time I did so. To, to be totally honest with you, I like I can't seem to care about a single word out of any person in the game's mouth. Like, I, I just, I cannot click through the fucking dialogue trees fast enough, you know? Mm. And I just don't, yeah. it, it just doesn't, it's not, like, the, the story is not getting me, it's, I, don't, I shouldn't even say that, like, the story is interesting, but, like, the, I guess the, it's the characters, which is a, a little bit of a highbrow, cunty, <laughs> like, dissection <laughs> of, of storytelling. Like, the characters aren't interesting enough for me, but, like, I think that's it. Like, they're just, it's terribly mundane. Like, all the shit, all I'm doing is just, I feel like all I'm doing is just going from one green arrow on a map, to the next, killing the same shit over and over, and like collecting all the ammo, the heal potions, and the mag lock shunts for breaking into bins to get more of the same shit. Like I don't care about like none of the, you know, there's so many guns coming at you that you, it's hard to care about them. And like the whole, the the mechanic of developing your your weapon through oh, modifications, yeah. which it has this, it has like a really detailed modification. Uh, mechanic to it and you, know, you can get all these different little fucking add-on things and like you know there's so many it's overwhelming it's like witcher like it's totally overwhelming on on that front mm. so i can't really get myself to care like sometimes i'll just when i'm I think of it uh, you know and i i haven't done it in a while i'll flip over the the weapon screen and like just dump all the modifications that i can get onto a weapon you know yep. of the i think you can equip four at the same time i'll just dump them onto there with very little real you know deliberation about like trying to modify this to the way I want it. Like I'm kind of just picking things just to get through the fucking menu. And like, I might as well make it as good as I can, you know, without too much effort, make it as good as I can. Uh, But, but the new weapon, like the, you know, the, the new weapons come at you so fast that, that, that's why that's why spending that time is 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 pointless because the new weapons come at you so fast that by you know you you do all that work to to modify this thing out and you can't take them off and redo them either so it's a permanent decision when you when you when you put these things onto the weapon and you have a new weapon that's better so much so much so fast that you don't really even use it for the length of time to warrant the work you would put into modifying it to its most whatever you know hmm. so yeah it's just it's it's, it's kind of that's kind of just a little bit of a rat race run around thing that is, is pointless and the, yeah the enemies are terribly redundant i feel especially in the overworld and i don't know i mean i kept i i, I did keep playing it for some reason but th- it's exactly how i felt when i played fallout 4 like i just I, i'm it, it's this like especially with this like because you only in Fallout, like it's the same thing. Like you're just like you're just rifling through these boxes and like you're fucking like just acquiring shit constantly and like you don't really care. It's just like you know I like it's ammo. Just give it to me. Like yes, feed me. Put it in my veins. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like you're not you're not really even like it's just like you're just clicking on shit basically and it's not really 
you don't care what they are and you're just looking for there's all there's a whole bunch of junk too that you can use to break yeah. down and, and turn into materials and shit and like I, just, I don't care about any of that like i'm just like the the important things the ammunition the fucking healing things and then those things that allow you to break into more boxes and get more useless shit <laughs> like it's like it's, yeah. it's such a pointless rep, repetitious routine you know what i mean and the whole mm-hmm. game feels like that and i have I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how far I am. It doesn't have an overall percentage or anything on the save thing. But like, I, you know, I feel like I'm I'm definitely past like the tutorial stage or anything where where I, you know, it should be getting into a place where I feel like I'm doing original shit, original unique things. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I do. I do occasionally chuckle at the. There, there's like this ridiculous over the top. I don't know how much you played it, but there's this ridiculous over the top corporate dystopia humor that you can find on the computers. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, I've seen yeah. those. Yeah, which is also kind of Fallout Forty, you know, and, and that's it's certainly inspired by that uh, mindset of like, you know, these it's these corporate entities that don't that have no, they don't give a shit about the the human beings are just completely uh, disposable, <laughs> you know, corporate and bad. They, yep. Yeah. Yep. And they you know they it's it's they have for, like they have taken the brainwashing of their employees and the expectation for the employee to to feel as though this job is a privilege, not a right. You know what I mean? They take that to the absolute extreme. So right. that you know, that's from as far as the storytelling goes, that's easily the most enjoyable part of the game, and, <laughs> and I I get a genuine chuckle out of that. But that's pretty much the extent of of story enjoyment, really. It looks it, it is beautiful too. It looks very very pretty. The True. You know, some some of the the first of all the the landscape is like that really you know it's like this really kind of almost neon colored alien landscape that that looks pretty cool and the sky the 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 solar systems the planets are tend to be pretty dense i guess because you can usually see like a number of moons or other planets in the solar system like right up in the sky sometimes really huge you know and it's it's they the, the the detail on those looks really cool you can see the weather patterns and shit it's pretty legit looking but just as far as the uh the the gameplay itself is just i don't know i can see why it wasn't a total phenomenon you know it's it's like a game like this can be become you know like Fallout, Red Dead, like th- these kind of these games with these really epic and, and a lot of money spent on them and this really epic visual aspect to them can become huge deals and like you know I feel like this one kind of just came and went and uh, I think this is why like it's really solid in the main category like it's, you know like if, if you were to put it on a a power meter calling back to Nintendo Power here. Like if you were to put it like in those spread it across those four categories, like it would probably score pretty good on each of those main categories. But the mm-hmm. little connective tissue minutia that make a game great just aren't there. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and that is a bummer, I guess. Yeah. It's I found it fun so far. I've had more fun than I thought I would playing it. And you're right. Like I know when it first came out, like there was a lot of buzz around it and people definitely came you know, to pick it up and join Game Pass to play it, things like that. But yeah, I I don't know. I it's not it doesn't immediately come to mind when I want to relax and play a game. I'm just yep. I usually think of it next, like oh, you know, I I could I could jump back into that, you know, and I generally have a good time, but it's not I'm not drawn to it type of thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I, I Amy got me Paper Mario for my birthday, so, and you know that's I'm gonna do it here, but in a second, but like. You know, I was playing Outer Worlds just because I didn't have anything else. But now that I have Paper Mario, like, you know, I, I just I pretty much have, haven't touched it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's 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 just not anywhere near 
engaging enough to be like, oh, I got to get back to that, you know, and that's that's obviously what you want with a game. So, yeah, so yeah, Paper Mario, man, how yeah. is that? Like, what is it's, that like? I've, I've been thinking about that game. It's fucking, it's cute and innovative and fun and beautiful, like every Mario and or Nintendo AAA game ever. It's just, they're, I just, it's, <laughs> it's exhausting how good they are at what they do. It's, it's, yeah, it has this, I mean, it's an RPG, first of all. So, you know, it's, that's the nuts and bolts of it. And it is not a real time platformer or, or, or 3D game like you, you might think some Mario's or a Mario would, would, would usually be but it does have an interesting innovative battle system that I, I've never seen in turn-based in a turn-based RPG before it's kind of it's an RPG wow yes yeah and like you know the, I know that the way the battle system I don't even know really how to describe it it's kind of like it's on these wheels and you got to like the before you do your attacks there's kind of like this timed and that's that was the really important thing when I was first seeing. I was like, "This is kind of dumb that you got to do this every time." But because it's timed, and now that it's taken the, the training wheels away, like the time thing gives you makes you gives you like this frantic. It's it's a problem solving situation basically. You got to like figure out how you can position the enemies around you in a way that is advantageous mm. for your attack capabilities. But it's timed, and it's too complicated to be sometimes easily discernible so you know because it's time you're kind of like fuck <laughs> you're like trying to figure out like trying to do this real-time math problem like figuring out like what's the best way to get these guys positioned so you can do the most damage to them on this turn you know what i mean and it, it because of because of that constraint and because it is actually like a little bit of a brain teaser deal it's super fun and and and, mm. and engaging and so you know not unlike i don't know if you ever played it but the, the very first mario rpg on super nintendo there's also a tiny bit just like it's like not you know you can you can probably even ignore it if you want and still be okay but the optimal way or the optimal damage and def defense thing situation is achievable through like this really tiny bit of real-time influence you can have on the battles that like mm -hmm. real-time button jamming basically that keep you from just zoning out and button mashing like, you know, if you play an RPG, like, you know, I don't know if you, some of the grinding you might do to the point where you don't really have to pay attention to what you're battling or anything in Dragon Warrior. You can kind of just fucking Keep not even pay attention. Over over. Yeah, just, <laughs> just put A on turbo and just hold that fucker and move the stick around. You don't even need to look at the screen. You know what I mean? So, like, it yeah. takes away that the that mundane thing that a, an RPG battle system can have because there is a real a real time component to it. You know what I mean? So, nice. I'm yeah, man, it's just it then. yeah, it's it's just soul crushing how good they are at making Mario games. Like, it 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 generally hurts me to know as a creative. I mean, that that you can get this dependably good at something because I am not, nor do I have the wherewithal to ever become so. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking painful to like just see like you know everything. It's just beautiful. There's like, and because it's Paper Mario too, I guess that's worth mentioning. Like the whole thing is like there's this origami twist on everything like the you know you you things like every, everything is is one is two-dimensional you know what i mean it, it's in a 3d space but everything like the characters are all two-dimensional you know what i mean because they're just mm. made out of they're made out of paper and like the 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 little characters that you're saving are which like that's interesting too like all the baddies like the mario you know, shy guys and koopas and like they're all actually on your side for the most part unless they've been turned into something bad by the overarching arch nemesis that you're after in the story yeah. you know what i mean so like you, you the, the enemies that are, are the things that the sprites that are usually enemies in mario games are actually friends and you're kind of walking around saving them to some degree 
So nice. they'll get like they like will get crinkled up and stuck behind something, and you'll have to like pull them out and then like whack them to unfold them. You know what I mean? And it's, just, <laughs> it's, just, like, it's just a very cute mechanic that. So I get, the paper you know, aspect is, is a part of it. It's not. Oh just, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. In name. It's yeah. The whole thing is you're trying to. Paper is huge for sure. Like everything <laughs> is, is based on that idea that like you're this two dimensional thing, and you could like the, the worst thing that could happen to you is to get crinkled up and turn into these evil origami things. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's cool okay. and fun, and it's like everything except everything else. Fucking Nintendo does. It's great. Nice. So let's talk more Nintendo in Nintendo Powers U nine. Godzilla title theme and Planet X track. Very epic tune. <laughs> good, I like good it. Choice. Good choice for kicking <laughs> shit off. Definitely kick the door in song. song. So this is bringing us into the November-December 1989 issue of Nintendo Power. And the cover price is $3.50. But only $4 even in Canada this time. Not $4.50 as it has been on every issue so far, I believe. What mm. the fuck is up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Like, Exchange why? rates moved some kind of way. We'll see. Yeah, but like, obviously, how the fuck can that be? How can it be, there be any? I don't know. That's crazy to me that it's actually based on any sort of real time exchange rate bullshit. You know what I mean? That they would. I don't know. It's just it's just too slow moving of a thing. Like it's too slow moving of a situation to me to try to base anything on real life markets. You know what I mean? Real life money markets. I just I can't. I have a hard time grasping that as as the reason or the the underlying decision making factor. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I, the, that stuff can can get on a company if they decided to like pass the cost through to the consumer. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, I, yeah, I totally get that. Yes, they would try to, but like the idea of, or, or rather, want to, but the idea of actually being able to execute any change. Oh, back in '89. Like, yeah, yeah, is is really hard for me to to, to buy into. Anyhow, that's meaningless, like most of the shit we talk about. Tetris is the feature attraction here, as they urge us to get tetrisized beneath the headline. Uh, of the game name, and there's <laughs> there, in my opinion, some moderately dark shit going on in the key art. <laughs> like, so it's like a, a single file line of identically dressed kids with identical haircuts marching into a town holding NES Max controllers of all choices. I would never want to. I was like, for. I was like, what controller is that? It looks like a a current gen controller, like with uh, the curvature. Yeah, NES Max. That's uh, I mean, that's kind of how they have a. That, of, of all the NES controllers. That probably is the one most akin to what game system controllers have developed into because of the rounding and like the effort to make it yeah. a little more ergonomic <laughs> for, for hands holding but, them. You know what I but mean? I don't think I knew what that controller was back then. That's I, I sat here yesterday very confused, like, what is this thing? You know, <laughs> I spent too much time staring at it. I fucking hate I hate those controllers. I, I the the turbo buttons are too hard. I hate those controllers mm. so. <laughs> I definitely recognize yeah. immediately as like fucking NES Max, and yeah. So the, the the as they get further into the town, they become more and more pixelized. The 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 kids, you know, in in, in the line, and the town has the same effect kind of as you pan from left to right. It becomes more and more game blocky. You know what I mean? There's there's various various Tetris blocks, tet tetrahedrons or something they're calling them. Forgetting the name yeah. of it, we'll get to it. We we'll get to the. They definitely mention it in the in the feature, but. 
they those are like hovering above town up in the air and i don't know to me it's got a very it's got some george orwell or philip k dick vibes going on you know what i mean (laughs) come become part of the game yeah yeah exactly (laughs) big brother is watching you kind of shit you know what i mean and yeah just get consumed by the 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 machine you know i don't know it's kind of yeah, like I said, just for for Nintendo, it's, it just seems like a little bit of a some dark undertones, in, in my opinion. Yeah, Especially from the game from Russia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's just a lot going on there. Other shit. The cover touts is bonus Dragon Warrior 36 page strategy guide. They, yeah, they exclaim, "Don't miss about RoboCop Willow and Iron Sword," and there is a Game Boy update and more. And the D-Dub strategy guide is, of course, that which we are utilizing in the Dragon Warrior SideQuest series that we are currently in the midst of and trickling episodes out for. You can check those episodes out in the ISOH feed if you dig RPG banter. And I'll drop the link to the strategy guide in the show notes. If you have not seen it, it is a genuine piece of retro video game art. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I cannot recommend just giving it a look and a read-through enough if you haven't seen it. Getting into the magazine, the inside cover is getting us into the holiday spirit. It is a two-page Christmas-themed subscription gift pitch. And give the gift of power is the headline. (laughs) Gotta love that marketing play. (laughs) (laughs) It is uh, What they're doing here is it's a half dozen issues of the mag stuffed into a big red stocking in classic Christmas form. And that occupies a a full, the, the full first page. And... The like copywriting on the, on the second page, one of their pitch points is that an annual subscription costs less than a CD. And the subscription price is $15 here. And that seems like a really expensive-ass CD for the time. All <laughs> right. I, I did some research on this because I'm a fucking psychopath. And I scored a March 1989 Washington Post write-up by one Paul Fari titled Compact Discs Turn the Tables on Vinyl Record Sales. And it's, you know, mostly comprised of compelling shit about the future coming at us fast. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'll put the link to that, this in the show notes, too, if you want to give some weird old shit a read. But basically, in the, in the article, the prices are quoted to have already dropped to the $5.99 to $11.99 range back in March in Washington, mm. D.C. So, like, that's a reasonably large metropolis, you know what I mean? Prices tend to be a little higher in big cities as opposed to small-town USA. So... Uh, I feel like they're completely full of shit here, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, did they approve this copy months ago? Like, and no one checked? Like, come on. That's what I was thinking, and I thought that all the more reason why I didn't... Like, it was... I I, I looked around for an article from earlier in the year. Because, yes, like we just talked about for the cover price, shit moves slow in the corporate (laughs) world. Back 1989, you know what I mean? So, like, I I get that, like, yes, prices are changing. And, you know, it's it's obviously a a relatively new technology to CDs, I'm saying, compact discs. So, you know, like, yes, there's some variables in there that are kind of tough to account for, but I I think there's enough lead time between March and and this Christmas issue for even the slowest and most fucking bureaucratic (laughs) and bureaucratic companies (laughs) to have, you know, normalized or, or, or came clo- came closer, come closer to the actual market of, of something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I, just yeah, I think you're right. You know, and honestly, just in general, like it's cheaper than a CD. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like it is like a new technology and like probably there are probably few things being talked about more in the technology spectrum than CDs, like compact discs and games. Are, they're probably the two most popular things. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that, maybe has some influence on why that's the example they use, but it's still to me kind of weird and fucking goofy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It assumes you're, you're using CDs enough at that point that, you know, 
that you can kind of just make that assumption like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, when did you get your, uh, uh your first CD player? Do you Dude, remember my first CD player? I do. So I don't know, like if we had one in the house, like my parents got one earlier, but I personally bought one when I was 16 because I had a job at Pizza Hut and I was like super excited, like my first job. And I like saved up because I remember it, I still remember to this day, it cost me $220, this disc man that I bought from like Best Buy. Yeah. And yeah, man. Dude, my, the the amount my story matches yours is fucked up. <laughs> explain, explain. So it was a disc man. And did you? So that was. So did you have like a stereo that you hooked it up to, or did you just use it as like a, a, a through headphones? Like how did you how did you utilize the technology? Oh, I definitely use it through headphones, but I also could connect it to this big stereo player we had at home. Yeah. yeah old massive multifunctional stereo yep for sure yeah so it's very similar for me i have i got my first job when i was 14 i was uh, i was in this program in in my freshman year of high school that allowed you it was called owa uh, occupational work adjustment program it was basically for the fuck up kids that <laughs> had no hope of going to college they had the opportunity if they wanted to go to school for the first half of the day and then work in the afternoons at some mundane job in town that the teacher who was actually a very cool teacher would go out and kind of like establish these relationships with local businesses where they would hire kids that were, cause you know, you know, you grew up in Ohio. So like the, you had to be 16 mm-hmm. technically or get yep. a work permit to, to get a job like this and work on school days and shit like that. So he had to go out and kind of like, and not to mention we were like fuck up kids theoretically. I was probably, Maybe, well, I don't know, that, that's debatable, but like I was probably one of the lesser fuck-ups as far as the fuck-up spectrum <laughs> of that, that student body that was in this program was comprised of. But yeah, the, you know, we were still all kind of kids that were like, you know, not the most marketable child hires, probably. <laughs> so, so the teacher would have to go out and like uh, uh, smooth this idea over with business owners to even get them to buy into it. Uh, and there were two kids that totally fucked up and like the teacher would be so pissed. Cause it not only fucked like, you know, the kid lost the job, but it like fucked up the program too, you know? So like you had a, it was actually yeah. like a lot of responsibility. And like this teacher was so cool that if you pissed him off or fucked him over, like you felt really bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, uh, it was, yeah. it was uh, a highly political situation for a 14 year old, but Anyways, the I, I was in that program and I worked at a grocery store bagging groceries and yeah, I got enough dough to buy a Sony Discman and I had this stereo at home. It was like the hand-me-down from my dad. He had bought like kind of a more modular deal since he had had this one. It was kind of like a, a full, I might have talked about it on here before, I might have had this conversation, but like a, a full, like it was all, it was a record player and a dual cassette player. And a, yep. and, a, and a radio all built into one kind of big unit that goes into like a home entertainment center, you know, yep. and he Absolutely. even kept the speakers. Like I didn't even have the speakers. Yeah, we had the whole conversation about building my own speakers and shit. So that, yeah, the, the, the way I played new media, the CDs that I got from all those CD clubs <laughs> was through, yes, the disc man that I would auxiliary out. And yeah, I also, <laughs> but, you know, in the morning I would fucking unhook it and go to school with it, come back, plug it in at the end of the day, you know, but yeah, same deal. I, I paid, I don't even know. I'm sure it was. I feel like 200 bucks was more than I would have, I could have afforded. I want to say it was a hundred and something, but maybe, maybe you got a better one, but yeah, that's definitely, that would have been 1995, 
maybe six, depending on how late night in the year I got it. Probably probably had to work for a while for the first half of the year. More than likely. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so uh the always beautiful but usually never noteworthy table of contents spans the following two pages after that. And for the first time, I actually have something to say about this though. <laughs> uh, the the pullout poster highlight in the bottom right of the first page tells you of the Iron Sword artwork poster on one side and the Willow map on the other. And the 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 copywriting here is Kuros requests an audience upon your wall. And I think that's, <laughs> that's a really cool way of saying hang this poster on your wall. <laughs> so I mean the fact that they're mentioning to me NES play action football, I'm pretty excited. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, of course, all the games like these are always beautiful and like, yes, fire you up. But like, as far as actual shit to talk about, there's never there's never much on here. But but Nintendo game endings revealed. I'm like, whoa, I saw that. And I'm like, I am excited for this one. Let us dive in. I got I got a super fun fucking game to play about that, too. That was the the, you asked that question about what does this mean on the outline? I'm like, I'm not telling you because I'm going (laughs) to. I got something. But yes, that that is. So the player's pulse kicks off with the mailbox. So let's see what goofy ass letters we got this issue. Dashiel Stone, formerly formerly of Cali, but now in dreary ass Michigan, wants an explanation of USPS operating procedure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He, she, not real sure, doesn't know why her mags, his or her mags, aren't being forwarded with the rest of her mail. And... The reason for this is because third-class mail, which is what most magazines were or are sent by, is not subject to mail forwarding when you file a change of address with the USPS. And they, they explain this here. And this is actually tattooed all over the form you fill out, though, when you when you do your change of address. Now it's digital, but it used to be those forms in the, in the offices. And it would, you know, have all over there, like, you know, your period. you need to contact any periodicals you have delivered and change your address with them because it's not going to apply when we do this. So Dashiel here was probably too lazy or, or careless to actually read that and has been sitting at home pissed off wondering why. (laughs) (laughs) It's just interesting to me that they took time to answer such a customer service type of question. I guarantee that they got some enough of these where they were like, let's just fucking do a thing. You know, if we just do one of the mag, (laughs) pick one over all our cases, Start ignoring these, maybe even. <laughs> Did you know that is that about the third class mail thing about the USPS? Huh? What is your familiarity even, with the USPS operating procedure? <laughs> I, I don't even know what third class mail was. I'm like, what is? What are we even talking about here? The only mail I get now, except for like cards on my birthday or special occasions, is just not even bills. It's just like. BS, you know, solicitations and like, hey, here's your customer service statement, you know, yeah. random stuff. Yeah, there's very, very little I uh, get in the mailbox as well. But... Yeah. William Convery of Hampton, Virginia is a 75 year old dude that is so stoked about beating the first quest in Legend of Zelda that he wrote a somewhat, by Nintendo Power Standards, spicy poem that he he wanted to send them and they have printed it in its entirety <laughs> dude it is dope i love yeah, this okay. poem. Yeah, <laughs> I, I talk enough on these fucking things would you do our listeners the kindness of reading this jay <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> sure so this is williams poem performed <laughs> by jay 
My grandson introduced me to a Nintendo game that I play on my TV most of the day. The Legend of Zelda has taxed my brain, outwitting many demons throughout the play. My wife says that I have lost my mind, and I have made her house recluse. That doing so I have been most unkind. She states that it's a form of spouse abuse. I told her the alternative is visiting my pubs and possibly becoming a drunken souse. Or go, or go swimming with the girls in hot water tubs. So what's wrong with playing in my house? My wife's answer was a real doozy. She called the plumber and ordered a jacuzzi. So there goes the old Nintendo game. I guess I have only myself to blame. Pretty spicy. Great job, man. William. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty and pretty fucking spicy for something to put in, in a kids mag. I think. Right. Yeah. I was like, so wait, you're talking about, about getting drunk. Much, or... Yeah, you're talking about getting wasted and becoming a drunk, cheating on your wife in hot tubs. Like, <laughs> like that's pretty spicy for Nintendo Power. I think. Yeah. Uh, Very surprising. Yeah, Pioneers but... Nintendo was at this time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, bla- blazing. Uh, well, what do you even call that? Bla- blazing trails in in the spectrum of, uh, like fucking pushing the boundaries. Yeah. what you could you could you know creatively disperse to children <laughs> i think maybe this was just one of those like old man passes you know old people get say some crazy stuff and you're just like well, they're old i mean what are you gonna do at this point like they don't give a shit anymore i don't listen to grandpa <laughs> <laughs> censorship. terrible terrible stereotypes. Anyway. censorship that's what i was grasping at straws at there a moment ago Donald L. Hubbard of Missoula, Montana, wants autographed 8x10s of the game consoles. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and their reply is that there are too many counselors to fil- facilitate this, not that it is an asinine request. <laughs> right? They seem to shut him down real quick versus anything else. Yeah. yeah like, but sorry, that, yeah. no. But yeah, but that it's not like, but that they're shutting him down on like a formality. As opposed to like, that's a crazy request. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is what it comes off as. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It would be a fantastic retro oddity though to have autographed eight by tens of all the mullet counselors. <laughs> right. To have that as a little, just like in one of those like collecting card binders, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great little fucking. Uh, that'd be awesome. Nostalgia. Like baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. A nostalgic. <laughs> so we are into the video spotlight next, and the power player profile is on Greg the Absorber Saluzzi. And Look at that the, profile, man. He's all, yeah. He's, yeah, he's an Mullet. intense dude. Yeah, he's an intense dude, man. The at least the Absorber is at least an original nickname, nickname I would say, you know, as opposed right. to some of the shit we've seen. It, it's not mentioned in the letter itself, so I'm not sure if I should assume this is a Nintendo Power staff assigned moniker or if Greg here calls himself that. You know, I would like right? to know. I would like to know where it originated. I was disappointed there was not an explanation here for that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Greg is a real go-getter. He sent them a videotape with a recording of the games he's finished. All of them. 49 games. That's how many he's beaten from the NES library. So that's, I mean... That's a very, I don't know. Like, I would love, yeah, I would love, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's not, you know, that's not, it's not like just games cap screen fucking recording on your laptop. It's, this is like, to do it back then was a whole deal. Like, you had to, you know, rig your NES through your VCR, then into your TV, and you like, you know, hitting the buttons and playing the game and shit all the while 
or, or rather all while being as excited as a child is when they're about to beat a video game. <laughs> you right? know what I mean? So like that's that that's no small feat to say the least. Especially, you know, I don't know. I would I, I guess we don't know that it's all forty nine games, but you assume it's it's probably a pretty long tape. I would like to know what the precise length of it is. <laughs> just right? Like is it the is it the full game playthrough or is he just re- like hit record just yeah, was on final, the last level? Is, is, yeah, is it like I do with the with the games we play? I I record the 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 final boss battle. You know what I mean? That's that's like my relic for for this moment of time is just the final boss battle and then the end credits. You know what I mean? Maybe. Nice. I'm not that's impressive for 89, I'm not, though, man. I'm not that's directing his content, impressive. but maybe, you know, I, I hope that's the, the decision he made. I think that's the most responsible way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. I would love to see video, clearly, like a home you know, home movie uh, of a kid trying to do that all. You know what I mean? The, the, the fucking work the VCR and play the game and how excited they would be. That would be a very interesting home movie to watch maybe if i if i ever get through all the episodes of that uh, my retro life that that show i mentioned a few episodes back of the guy with the mm-hmm. home movies of his dad playing video games maybe, maybe one of those situations is on there that would be incredible <laughs> yeah i bet this even the staff like when they see this they're like yeah this dude is a power player like <laughs> yeah like we gotta feature him you do that yep you're in one of his strategies is concentration for beating games i mean and <laughs> His his example of this is he lets someone else get the phone if it rings in the middle of playing. <laughs> I bet Dad doesn't appreciate that though. Yeah, Greg. very very easy to visualize the kid sitting somewhere near the phone playing the game and just yelling at his like the little prick kid yelling at his parents like get the phone <laughs> right <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, oh man shit. I'm trying to record this thing <laughs> fast forward. Greg the Absorber Saluzzi was arrested today on charges of being a complete asshole 20 years later. Ugh. Anyway. So after that, we get our first game feature, and it is on Capcom's Willow, and it's a six-banger uh, as far as the page count goes. And this looks like a game, man. It's, it's a... It's a top-down action adventure with a lot of RPG elements to it, and I would say it's very Legend of Zelda-esque, the, the first one. And... The art and sprite work and the screenshots look absolutely fantastic by any standards or maybe any other even. And there is a, seems to be, or the rather is, a first person and menu text box UI component in it that uh, it uses for NPC interactions and shit. And it looks great and I think allows for, you know, it, it turned it into a more immersive storytelling thing than would have been possible without that. You know, whereas Zelda, you don't really, you know... Even the NPC interactions never have like a, a close up of the characters. So you don't you don't maybe emote mm. to the, the as much as you would in this because you there is a lot of dialogue and shit and probably a little more storytelling than what you know. So warranted and none of this should be surprising despite it being a licensed deal because it is a Capcom ditty. So you know they do good work. So it shouldn't be surprising that it's good or it looks good, but. This is based on the 1988 Ron Howard fantasy epic with heavy George Lucas involvement. So the under, underlying IP is legit. Do Was this a, a movie you were into as a kid? It is a movie I definitely saw as a kid. I definitely had some toys from it. but I did not have any Willow toys. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was like one, like one or two. It was definitely a movie I saw, but not a movie that, like, I really loved and was like a fan of like we watched it Courtney and I watched it a couple years ago and I don't remember why and then we were just like oh okay that's what it was you know it wasn't it was kind of just one of those movies it wasn't like a star like favorite or anything okay 
yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen this movie since childhood, so I was thinking I might need to, to, to rectify that. So that's interesting that you watched it as an adult. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's part of it's part of some universe. Like it's Willow is either part of the Star Wars universe and he was in Star Wars or some other movie universe that well, it's a part of. And that's why we watched it. And then we were like, oh, yeah, because he showed up in like this. Well, it's George Lucas. Who? So I, I think it is part of Star Wars. Then. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if there was actual narrative overlap. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. War Davis. Yep, is that is true. Yeah, that I think Warwick true. Davis is probably in fucking Star Wars at some point because, uh, you know, a fantasy movie like that, Warwick Davis is one. I mean, he's that's kind of, you know, he, the starring character or starring actor, rather, is Warwick Davis. And he is one of the more accomplished little people actors. And also the other uh, big name in it probably is 80s cinema stud muffin Val Kilmer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Warwick Davis is like, you know, he's in all those 80s movies because there's only so many little people actors. And he was, you know, probably the most accomplished one from the era, maybe ever, you know, right up there with the Game of Thrones guy, uh, Peter Dinklage. So oh, yeah. he was in a lot of shit. I'm sure he was probably in fucking one of the Star Wars. But what, he's also the. did you ever see the Ricky Gervais HBO comedy uh, life's too short. Life's too short. No, I did not see that. Uh, I would say it's probably not a whole decade, but getting close to it. And it was not terribly long lived. It probably only lasted a few seasons, maybe two. There was a really big viral video, a couple of them actually, that came out of it viral videos because there was a Johnny Depp cameo and a, and a Liam Nielsen cameo. In it, and like the premise of the show was Ricky Gervais and his actual producing partner. It was kind of like they did it was very, you know, it was scripted and it was not, it was not documentary at all, but it had a very docu doc docudrama feel to it. You know what I mean? And Ricky Gervais and his producing partner kind of played themselves basically. And Warwick Davis was like a friend of theirs in London that was like he's like trying to revive his career and he's like Ricky Gervais is a friend of his. So he's trying to get him to give like, you know, develop something for him is kind of the main premise of the show. Warwick Davis trying to find work again, you know, and get become a, a, a reinvigorate his career. And right. there's just like, there, there's the scene of, of Johnny Depp, like, and a, few, a couple of them actually, I think one in a hotel room, like he comes there, they come to the, they come to Ricky's office and they play like these really over the top versions of what the public perceives those like Johnny Depp and Liam Nielsen to be. And they're, mm -hmm. they were, I mean, just massive viral video hits because they were hilarious. You know what I mean? So that was probably the biggest <laughs> thing to come out of it, but it, it's a good, it's, it's honestly a pretty good, I'm not the biggest Ricky Gervais fan. I like it's, he's weird, man. Like I don't, I don't, I hate British humor usually. And I don't really like his stand-up, but when Ricky Gervais is just talking, you can tell that he's a brilliant and hilarious human being. You know what I mean? Right. But when he's performing, I don't tend to like him. And the thing about yeah. the show is he's just being himself. So it gets me, you know, uh, which is, is, is weird. You know, I, I hate all his movies, and yeah, I don't care for his stand-up usually. But when he's just bullshitting and riffing, he's hysterical, mm -hmm. you know, which yeah. is not surprising. I think I generally agree with that. Because every time I see his stuff, I'm just kind of like, meh, I'm not really into it. Yeah. One of the, I mean, one of the, I, I, you know, one of my, the most fascinating movie ideas I've ever seen is a movie of his, The Invention of Lion. And the movie is terrible, I think. But the, the idea of it, like this, it's like, I use it, for example, like a lot of my, the stuff I write, I try to do this. Like I take the world as, as it is 
and then just you, you tweak one really, really small thing that or you know relatively small thing that creates this entire like, it, it just flips the entire rest of the universe on on its head you know what i mean through like just this one small change and the invention line is basically humanity doesn't know like, is unable to lie no one's ever lied before everyone's always told the blatant straightforward truth in everything they've ever said and ricky gervais's character in the beginning of the movie thinks of the idea of lying and starts doing it and it just sends fucking society into a tailspin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hilarious. Because, exactly. Like it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's an incredibly good premise. Uh, the movie is eh, but the idea is fucking incredible. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a Ricky Gervais movie. And like, you know, even, even, even as much as I like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I should have as much as I'm talking about it here. And I, and I use it as an example so often professionally, like I should know this. I don't know if he was involved in the development of it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Cause it is a, like I said, a brilliant idea. And I think he's a brilliant human being. It's just in execution. I tend to not enjoy his, his stuff. I'm no. pretty sure he wrote that. Did he? Okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was his jam. Yeah. Cause we okay. watched it like within the last month, I think. Really? Fairly recently, yeah. Last month or two, like it was very recently, and because uh, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, this is his movie, not just like he's. Yeah. It, well, it. I, like I, I think of it as his first things, like his first big thing. So I'm not surprised that he would have been the writer, and and that's how he made that opportunity for himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyhow, getting our asses back to Willow here. The Willow also has Tony Cox, and he is the LP that plays the elf in Bad Santa, and that dude is fucking hysterical. <laughs> but Bad Santa is my hands down favorite Christmas movie of all time, and he is a big part of that. He's so fucking good in that movie. Um, he's just a funny ass dude. So he's in it, and yeah, and that, you know, it's it's. I don't know that probably it's probably at the direct like. George Lucas is such a control freak <laughs> with, with his stuff, with his IP stuff that, you know, the, the artwork, like the, 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 the feature in the magazine here is, is like it, everything looks fucking great. And there's a lot of attention paid to the, you know, kind of authenticity and the accuracy of the artwork in this to the original IP. So it's not Dude. surprising to me that a Lucas arts thing has that level of attention paid like the disney thing you know what i mean we felt that way about the ducktales piece it's like they there's a lot of effort to maintain this not getting fucked up (laughs) i I was gonna say like the game looks the artwork looks very much like the game which looks very much like the movie like so they they're definitely close there the game doesn't look like it doesn't really get me excited about playing the game honestly like knowing the movie i'm like is this just gonna be like a like a long just another rpg like i don't have time for this rpg right now in my life but like yeah, it's just, no it's I mean, it looks very close though yeah we could not there's no it, it's a it's 100 a side quest deal like yeah there's far too much to be responsibly appropriate for a single game episode but it is i, I think it is very side quest worthy you know there's if you just look going through the feature here there's tons of maps and tips that kind of you know yeah very much yeah. convey that it is a massive undertaking of a game um so you've never you did you didn't you didn't play this back in the day? I do not remember ever playing this, and yeah, I picked up a lot of games uh, to, to test out, but I did not pick this one up. I was like, no, no thanks. And like, even you know, we've talked about it before, but as a kid, I would have looked at this a bit like this is way too much reading and stuff. Like, I'm not trying to do that on Nintendo. <laughs> not trying to do that. On Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I'll I, shoot I, stuff, hit stuff. Let's go. I I absolutely rented it. Uh, 
like a you know a, a one time late eighties early nineties whenever it would have been rental mm-hmm. that uh, I recall like you know I was eight nine years old whatever it might have been like I I was definitely like intrigued but it was just you know it's kind of like when you know you have that so you you rent something you know you have this finite window with yeah. it and like to sit down in that context and start playing a game and realize like, holy fuck, this is huge. <laughs> like, this is like, <laughs> wait, like, I'm never going to come anywhere near getting anywhere in this game by the time I have to take this back to the store. <laughs> so like, it's yeah. like that, that like I, I, it's, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember viscerally reacting to it that way, but like, I, I feel like this like subconscious something or other that, that, that it went like that. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. I like, I rented it. I tried it. I was intrigued as fuck, but because of how little progress I was able to make and knowing that I only had a short period of time with it. Like I, I didn't, I never got back to it in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And that's, I mean, that's my whole mentality behind it. It's like, yeah, I say, I joke around and say, I don't want to sit here and read it on that, but I know inherently that it's like, I got two or three days. Like, is it gonna, <laughs> am I going to have fun or am I going to be sitting here reading and get nowhere? That's okay. not going to be fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember this. I fired up and just fucked with it very briefly. And other than like, a, this is a really nicely done title sequence laying out the story at the beginning. Uh, I was really only to, on that same idea, like that, knowing that I was not going to sit and really get into this. I was only able to play it for like a minute before I was just like, nope, this is too much to casually fuck with. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I can tell there's something there, and I am curious. And and like even you know, as a kid, I was the same way. But like, I had this memory of you can get turned into a pig by enemies. In really? The, yeah. And and when that happens, you're 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 helpless. You're you know because you're normally you're you're willow and you have a, you get a sword, and you have a shield, and you're out battling shit. Uh, kind of in traditional RPG, uh, in a traditional RPG manner. But yeah, you can get turned into a pig, and you're and you're helpless. And like I, I forget what the alternative or solution is to to making that not the case anymore. But like this is a really you know a really interesting mechanic that you getting turned into a pig. I can't think of another game where that happens. So like, I just like as a, as a memory from my childhood that stands out to me a great deal as, as something that could happen in the game. So yeah, there's, you know, there's stuff about it that I'm very curious about, but yes, we couldn't possibly play it for a game episode. So <laughs> perhaps someday we'll side quest into it upon, upon further deliberation, but that, that would be the only way that we would be able to engage that for the pod. I think. Yeah. After Willow, we get six full pages on Tetris and it's even more impressive than the Game Boy Tetris feature in the last issue, seeing as they had to come up with at least semi-new shit to say the second time around. You know, you know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah, there was, they've already had to do this, and like, yes, it's on Game Boy, but it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, uh, yeah. pretty pretty impressive that they're able to get twelve pages total, or how, I think I'm not sure how many. Might have been only a few, a, a few, three or four. I actually read through every one of these things just to make sure I wasn't missing anything because I play this game. All, this has become my space out game on the switch you know the the switch version i don't know if you played it yep and it's so since i don't go anywhere i no longer need like a mobile game on my phone so i don't have games on my phone i just you know space out and, and play that and so i actually read through each of these i'm like i'm pretty good at that game are there any tips i'm missing nope i know all this stuff good job really yeah i read yeah. Through, yeah i mean yeah the first four pages of this are pretty mundane but the last two are high octane tips from Howie himself, Howard Phillips, and there was a yeah, one hundred percent shit in here I did not know, dude. And I have, I you know, I played really fuck out of this game on Game Boy, and I I have played Tetris ninety nine too. 
Probably not as much. I think I, I don't even have the active. I, I still haven't fucking <laughs> re-upped my uh, <laughs> Nintendo Power Online thing or whatever the hell it's called uh, to to play on. Oh, game, Switch but, Online or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I still haven't done that. So, but man, yeah, so, you know okay. what? Like off topic, but there is a a new version coming to the Xbox soon. Which actually, if you told me before that if you told me before that I would get excited about playing freaking Tetris, I'd be like bullshit. Like I'm sick of that game. But there's a new version which. I don't even remember all the details about it, but I remember seeing it like within the last month and getting super excited. So new Tetris coming out, still new making Tetris. it new, new yeah. Tetris hotness. Well, I mean that, yeah, that Tetris 99 shit's popular as fuck, man. So not surprising that it's getting revitalized a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So as far as Howie's tips here that were worth mentioning to me anyways, you know, feel free to fill in others if you thought they were, they were interesting, but at the, they go like, well, actually these are all four of them. So at, at high levels, it's extremely important to keep the Tetrad. That's what they're called. Not, not, tetrahedrons but keep the tetrad volume as low as possible so there's room to maneuver before the blocks hit so that's kind of like yeah no shit <laughs> so like i read that one and i was kind of like oh this is gonna be a waste of my time but uh and then yeah the next one too is kind of the same thing it's completing lines is often more important than avoiding the undesirable of leaving open space below placements so you know of course yep. in tetris you don't want to leave gaps because that shit you have to you know you got to work to deal with later but if the trade-off is getting some lines off the screen and having, you know, if you, if you get three, if you get two lines to go away and then leave one line with some space in it, that might be more valuable than avoiding leaving that yep. space. You know what I mean? So for sure. I've learned that. Yeah. Also kind of a no shit thing. The last two though, not no shit things in my opinion. The third one, I mean, it honestly blew my mind, dude. And, and like, I have played this game for 30 years and to have something what? to have me read it and go, Holy fuck. Are you serious? <laughs> but like, so tetrads can essentially pass through blocks that are already set in place when turning them. So if, if they can fit into the space they're being turned into. So, you know, it's almost, it's kind of hard to describe a, a visual thing like this, but like if there, if there's an overhang next to where you're dropping a block, right? You have, there's a, there's a gap below something sticking out and you drop a piece down straight down next to that overhang. If, if the, the block that you're dropping down when you hit the turn button would fit into that space under the overhang, mm -hmm. your tetrad can turn through what would be, you know, should be an obstruction basically and get into that space beneath the overhang. And to me, like the idea that you could pass through a, uh, something already in place that never even occurred to me to, to try, you know what I mean? So that was to me a, a mind blowing thing to hear. And then, yeah, I kind of, I just figured that one out. Like I just learned it. And I was like, "What? Oh, yeah, okay." Just, yeah. So right. the other, yeah, yeah, the other one, like the, the like learning that you could, you know, you have that beat, and this is one of the things too. You have that moment after the block hits the bottom, and you can keep turning it basically, almost in per perpetuity. I feel on Tetris ninety nine, and yeah. you know, like that. I don't know if you could do that on the Game Boy one, which is again the one I would have played most prior to this. Right. I never tried it. I noticed it, it's got to be longer in Tetris 99 because I, I like noticed it in Tetris 99 and, you know, would started using it. So like that was something yeah. that I was able to, to grasp or, or, or kind of glean just from playing the game. So like, I feel it's, like it's got to be a more prominently able to be used mechanic. But mm -hmm. uh, I definitely didn't know that as a kid either. They, you know, like I thought once it hit the bottom, that's that's fucking where it is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't I don't know that I knew that either. <laughs> Honestly. And yeah, the, the other one, so and this is kind of like, this is, this is really high level shit. Like just, 
you know, you got to just, I don't know, you got to play the game an awful lot to, to, to figure this out and not have someone tell it to you. But so when, and not, or at least to think to, to, to figure it out. So when rotating blocks, they shift to the right. So like the axis on which blocks turn when you hit the turn button kind of somewhat move like to, to like, you know, the, the, the one they, they use is the best example or the, the one you can, you can uh, see it the best is with the four block Tetris pieces. So when you, when they are laying horizontal and you turn them, they turn on the axis of that furthest right p- uh, block in the piece. You know what I mean? So mm. in essence, the, the, when you turn a piece, it kind of shifts to the right side of the screen a little bit. So what they suggest is as a result, you should set, do your best anyways, to set up your four block, your, those optimal Tetris plays where you have four lines to get in one move. It's optimal to set those up on the right side of the screen because when shit starts coming fast and just, you only need the one turn and it's going to be on the right side of the screen more so than not. You know what I mean? So like that's, that's, a, that's like, like that's a very high level idea. You know what I mean? That like knowing the axis point on which the blocks turn, and then setting your board up to try to best utilize that fact is a very very high level Tetris <laughs> uh, tactic. You know what I mean? That yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was I was you know very surprised that to read Howie's tips here and and get something out of them where I was like genuinely. Like, holy shit, dude. Like, I kind of thought they would just be like those first two, kind of like, no shit, asshole. <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't really think of it that way, but I, that's a, interesting. Yeah. That axis. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Howie, Howie's not fucking around here. He, he really was a power player, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm good with that, Howie, but this next Howard and Nestor, man, WTF. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It is pretty seriously like, fucked up. What? Uh, like I, as much as I love Nintendo and Nintendo Power Magazine, what? Yeah, these, these are usually like we've said most on most every one of them we've been like kind of like these fucking suck. Uh, but this one is extra terrible because they clearly were not able to get Disney permission to use anything from the IP for this, which is yeah. Terrible. Like why do it at all then? Like you know why even bother? But if you can't, if it, it, like the idea is that you're promoting the Ducktales game. Clearly, that's the point of all these fucking things is to promote an individual game on the NES. So if you can't get like if Disney isn't willing to sign on to that, why are you selling their carts for them? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why you do it this way. But yeah, they're clearly not able to get any permission to use any IP. And the best example of that uh, amongst, you know, just the ducks not looking anything like any of the ducks and ducktails, blah, 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 blah. But Robo Duck is what they call the robot that comes in helping out late in the story not gizmo duck and it's like it is clearly gizmo duck <laughs> or at least and, like, tending to hark back to gizmo duck anyways it's, well, it, it, even, it's not clearly gizmo duck that's kind of the point but sorry go ahead yeah <laughs> i mean even at the beginning it says nes slash duck space tail yeah oh, exactly. and i was like yeah. i was like I, I read that over and over a couple times and i was like <laughs> yeah, i was like is it supposed to be ducktales yeah. is it not i'm confused like and from there it lost yeah, and like I, you know, I, I they, they, because the setting is the moon level, basically, is what they're, they're setting this in a, in a space level. And like they, mm-hmm. in the beginning, they talk about the cheese, which is the, 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 the treasure that you get from the moon level in DuckTales. So like, 
the idea that they tried to choose that thing that is like just vague enough to not be an infringement of some kind on the IP that Disney would get ruffled about. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's even more pathetic to me. Like if like if, if you're not doing it, don't do it at all, assholes. You know what I mean? Don't right. don't, don't, don't try to sneak around the edge of something. You know what I mean? It was just like it was just so such bad taste. I felt across the board that yeah, it was it was really easily the 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 one of these that was the least satisfying to date. And that says a lot because they, most of them suck pretty bad. <laughs> like, is that their stick? I mean, just let's just n- knock off video games. So, so that we're continually promoting them in weird subliminal ways. Get, I, I don't know. man. It's, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's pathetic, I think, but like, you know, they charge these companies money for every one of the carts that gets made. So they make money off a cart being sold, even if it's not their, their cart through the licensing deals that they did uh... the monopolistic licensing deal. <laughs> but, but, you know, so they do make money for carts being sold, but there's a million other carts, like the ones that I'm sure would be happy to let you use the, the right IP and actually do this the right way. You know, it's just, I, this is just to me, I don't know. I have no idea, man. It, it's fucking, it's befuddling. It's like one of those things you would love to be able to ask the editor about. Gail, Gail Tilden, wow. I, I believe is her name or even Howie. Maybe, maybe I, I saw, <laughs> I, I just did an interview with, the retro game guys, uh, one of the podcasts I listen to. So how he's, you know, not to shit on those guys, but they're not the hugest podcast out there. I think it's not like retro knots or anything. So I, uh, how he must be a relatively accessible guy. Maybe we should do, you know, we've talked Ooh. about one interview things. Like maybe that's a reason to, uh, make our first ISOH branded interview happen. And perhaps he is accessible enough to, for that to be the case. That would be awesome. Yeah. He, yeah, he, uh, they were talking. He has something. I can't think of what. I can't remember what it was. But he has something that he's starting or doing on his own now. You know, like his own kind of venture deal. And so he must be out, like with the mind towards promoting whatever that was. So that would be why he's accessible right now. And you know, we should we should exploit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into it. I'll look into it. I mean, I would love to. That's the kind of you know, and that's that dude. That's you know, you listen to the especially these people like that that are so such big figureheads in the video game industry. Like, you know, you, a lot of the interviews, it's the same questions they get asked. Uh, how he always gets asked about coming, you know, he started in the fucking warehouse. He's the one that had, he had a hand in the Donkey Kong conversions of the machines and like selling all those things and getting Nintendo of America and in a, in a place he was working in the warehouse and he got promoted out of there and ended up becoming an executive and, you know, working with a magazine, all this, like it's kind of a rags to riches story. And he was the poster boy, all this shit that everyone knows about Howard. That's always what gets talked about these things. Like, I did this. It was it was important to me when I did when I interviewed those people for Batteries Unincluded, like the the game developers and shit. David Crane, the Kitchen Brothers, the Transformers guy, Bob Budiansky, the fucking GI Joe guy, Larry Hama. Like I was like, it was very important to me to ask them obscure ass wacky shit that they haven't heard a million times, just because it's one, it's more interesting. It's people want to hear fucking obviously things they haven't heard before, but it also just right. makes the interview because the interviewees get you know these people who fucking do a million interviews, dude, like. They're just they get to the point where they're just they're they they already know the answer to this question. Like they have it prepared already. So if you ask them something they haven't had a fucking had to answer before, they actually have to sit and think. <laughs> you know? and you get like a real, real live human response as opposed to a canned answer, a canned press answer, you know what I mean? So it's just on, on many fronts it's it's infinitely more interesting. So yeah, that would be a question. The point of this being I would this would be a question I would ask them. Like, what the fuck was up? with that fucking DuckTales cartoon and issue nine. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Let us take you back. Here we go. Uh, <sighs> no, he, was, he was the second fucking in command on this baby, though. He had to, he has to know why that, mm-hmm. like that, exactly. There's no doubt in my mind that he knows, you know? So, yeah, that's something we would, we, we could fucking 
idea. Back to the fucking magazine, as opposed to us dreaming about talking to Howie Phillips. <laughs> the, <laughs> the next thing we get in the magazine here is a four-pager on beloved rare Trade West collab, Ivan, Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Super Off-Road Saves Us <laughs> from that dumpster fire <laughs> of a cartoon. And this still isn't fucking out yet, despite now being featured in the mag twice. And I think Trade West must have fucked something up in the release of the game. Like, that's the only way that this thing is in Nintendo Power twice, and then it still doesn't come out for a while now. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I did read that many of the ports to other systems ended up not carrying Ivan's name on them because of licensing agreement uh... issues. So my thinking is maybe working that out for the NES slowed things down more than they anticipated. And because, you know, it is that is clearly we have to read that reading that fucking name is a is a, is a chore. <laughs> so they did get right. his, they did get his rights for the NES release. So maybe it required more work than they anticipated and slowed things down. And that's why this kind of thing is happening. But uh, yeah, like we've talked about this before. I've jammed on it and it's still not out. What What is going on? Yeah, The only thing here. Sense. Yeah, the, the only thing in here that caught my attention as, as far as the, the feature goes, given my extensive experience with the game, was a suggestion to slow down as you come into the turns. And I don't know how much you remember, you know, like just the mechanics when you were playing, but I don't do that. I know for I played this game enough to know for a fact I do not do that. And I don't think it's necessary, <laughs> I don't think it's necessary to maintain control. Like the that's usually that's that's usually that's that's the trade-off in racing game mechanics particularly back in this era. It's like you need to let off the accelerator and usually use brake too, you know, like Mario Kart and, and Diddy Kong Racing. Like that's 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 100% it. Like the the trade-off of like, that's where the skill comes in of like the exact amount of time that you let off the accelerator and hit that brake button to be able to get through that turn as fast as you possibly can without losing control. You know what I mean? Like that is where the skill comes in in these games. And you don't need to do it in this one. You can like fucking just, you hold the button and like it's just you can turn the thing and not you don't it does not really have like that kind of skidding mechanic to it that most racing games have to penalize you for not slowing down you know what i mean so i find that yeah. interesting it makes me want to fire the game up and fiddle with it just to see if this really isn't that positive or if they're talking out of their ass here you know <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing in the piece that really fucking i thought worth mentioning the next thing is six pages on another rare developed title, and this is a acclaim released ditty, Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 2. And yes, Fabio is on the box cover. Moving on. <laughs> uh, first, the first couple of uh, speaking of things people talk about, uh, wrote for, for uh, as far as retro video games go. We don't need to talk about that. But the first couple pages in the feature explain the story, which involves the wizard Malkill being back on the scene. Fucking shit up, and then Kuros is the only one that can clean up the mess. So, big surprise there. The there are four realms. Each one is styled after a Earth elemental. So, wind, fire, water, Earth, and those proceed. Malkil's hideout on Ice Fire Mountain, and it tells you that you'll have to enlist the help of an animal king to reach the elemental boss uh, in each stage. And those things are an eagle, a frog, a dragon, and a bear. And each of the elemental bosses will impart one of four pieces of the legendary Iron Sword, which is, of course, what you need to shish kebab Malkil. <laughs> so there are, there's also plenty of, you know, just like the first game, there's still plenty of weapons and armor to get. But it, it kind of has, like, this game has a, a less... There's, like, there's fewer quirky magical items and shit to get than in the first game. And, and it kind of... It's a little bit of a drag to me because I like, like you know, like the, the different boots and the wands and shit are kind of what made the first one 
interesting to me to some degree. They do replace that with magical spells now. So that's not a mechanic in the first one spells. And I guess that's kind of like it's a replacement for that to some degree. And you have to score scrolls to learn those spells. There are decent breakdowns of spells in in the in the in the feature here there's a map of the kingdom of sindarin and that's where the story is going down and there's also a nice piece of artwork that appears to be original and it is not fabio that that i kind of like at the the beginning of it that i used in our key art too man Um, hold on hold on (laughs) pump the brakes here first of all i first of all you played the first one second of all it says nowhere in this thing that this is Wizards and Warriors 2. So, like, <laughs> I'm looking at, at this, like, it says it nowhere. Like, I read through this whole thing. Okay, I'm very confused about this marketing. Now, without <laughs> going back to the table of contents, because I'm looking at it on the my iPad, and I don't want to flip back. I was confused at this, but because it has such a focus, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out, because I feel like the artwork... Here's interesting. You were posting stuff. It looks like Fabio. We got freaking Conan the Barbarian. Let's go. Man, <laughs> I fired it up, right? And immediately I'm like, what? What? Wizards and Warriors 2. I thought I was playing Iron Sword. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't that say is, that here. So it, then, is, it is wild, though. That's not, <sighs> yeah, I did not did not clock that. That it's not. Is it not Dude. in the TLC either? Did they not say that in the TLC or? I, I don't know. I have to go back go there. Back. But like, playing the game, I'm like, what am I playing? Like, I'm a little ironclad dude i'm not fabio it, it I'm does not say like that, this muscular dude like i'm just having birds hit me in the head as i wear armor yeah there, like, there, 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 there is a strong misrepresentation in the artwork for sure as far as what your sprite is in the game dude. okay it's the same way in the first one though the the, the key art with jab and i talked about that extensively when we fucking did that game episode like the key art for the first one which is awesome key art even cooler than the key art for this i think well particularly given that the actual key art is fucking Fabio, but they, like a, a live action photo of, of Fabio, the first one's like a really cool illustration of this warrior dude fighting a bunch of fucking demons or something. But yeah, they, they are strong misrepresentations of what your sprite is in the yeah. game because yes, you were not bare chested in Conan. You are like this fully clothed, much skinnier and, and petite looking little little uh like a knight like an armor like yeah it's it's, it's, it is a weird misrepresentation but the in in the table of contents it does mention that there is so you know if we if we talk to howie ambition about this he would say well we mentioned in the table of contents fuckers Uh, (laughs) but yeah it's not mentioned in the article and that is very interesting that 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 it is not because yeah i mean especially you know that is like a claims whole deal too is like licensing and like you know they've created this franchise and they're just trying to exploit money i have an already existing fan base and like the idea that they wouldn't use that to its most effective amount by pointing out that it is a sequel is very interesting yeah, and, and kind of shocking and stupid really but yeah very confused so to me i'm like this is not matching up i'm uninterested like looking at this spread like, there's clearly more to this game than than I experienced, but I played it for a bit and I was like, I'm I'll pass. Hard pass. Really? See, I okay, so what'd you think of the first one? Since you obviously played well, that it, one and it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was a game. The first one was a game that like again was like I didn't have it. We can, it was a kind of a rental deal, and like I was always intrigued by it. The mechanics in it are a little sloppy, and like there's there's some frustrating aspects of the gameplay, but mm-hmm. because of the fantasy medieval deal. Like I think both Jab and I were into it, you know, and we yeah, we did play, we did the game episode on it, and I believe, if I recall, this is actually we've never had to do this on the episode. I don't recall 
if we gave it, I, I think we both gave it our blessing. I'm pretty sure we, we had some, we definitely had some bitches. And there, I mean, there was one thing that comically enough ended up being a counselor's corner feature, like a, a problem that I, like a, a thing that I couldn't do in the game. It was hard as fuck. Oh, really? All kinds of fucked up. And then a couple issues later, we saw in counselor's corner, this exact problem pointed out and the answer, the, the, the solution given to it. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, it was definitely like a, a design fail that they had to, point that out as a solution in counselor's corner that no one else could figure it out you know or enough people couldn't figure it out that it had to be pointed out there so yeah, yeah i mean there were things there were bitches but i'm pretty sure we both gave it our blessing uh, uh in the end so yeah we liked it and i enjoyed it ultimately and jab had so jab we didn't have the first one but jab did have this card i think i may have mentioned that on here before so we had it and we had access to it and we played it and like i remember it fondly this game kind of gets some shit i think as not being as good as the first one and the yeah. mechanics being sloppy and that's all true. Like the game is frustrating. Like, you know, it, it, it's 100% sloppy on the control front and, and even more so than in the first game because that was present there too. But fuck, like, I fired it up just to fuck with it again for this. And I was still, dude, I was 100% pulled in almost immediately. Like something about really? these games. Like, I don't know what it is. Cause I, they do like the, I am annoyed with the actual gameplay a lot of the time, but just something about the story world and something about the presentation and the artwork and shit just, and the items and stuff, it just gets me. I don't know how to describe it. So, I mean, yeah, I was wow. one of the new things that is not in the first game that is introduced here for this second installment is they, they, they have ends peppered throughout. Like you go into this, a door and it's like, an inn and a, usually a, a weird place to have an inn actually <laughs> but, but you go in and it's an inn and then you, these are places where you can buy things and heal up and you know it's kind of that's like it's, it makes it a little more rpg which is another reason maybe why i, I don't have a problem with this because i i'm all about rpg mechanics and shit and for one the music in the ends is really dope <laughs> Screenshot of this, like the dude in the shops on uh, our socials, Reddit and, and Facebook and stuff, and a guy on Reddit, Marquis Dan, username Marquis Dan, pointed out, and I did not clock this when I was playing, or ever as a child actually, that the shopkeep is wearing no pants. <laughs> like so, the what? dude, if you look at the picture, he has a full-length apron on, a, a, yeah, a full-length apron on, but there are skin-colored pixels sticking out of the back of his sprite right where his ass would be. So he has like an apron covering the front of him, but you can see an ass sticking out, or, you know, your interpretation of the, the best interpretation <laughs> of this sprite work is that it's an ass sticking out of the back of the apron. And, you know, that's implying that he's buck naked under the apron. And, and yeah, Marquis Dan on Reddit pointed that out, and I was like, oh my god. I've played this game a million times, I've ever noticed that, that this dude's ass is sticking out of the back of his apron in these shops, and that's fucking incredible. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a really fun thing uh, about it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, dude, I, I, it they are you have to get past those mechanics and it is fucking frustrating at time but i think these games are good ultimately in the long run and satisfying to play and beat so you mm. know take it with a grain of salt and it may require some arguing to to get there but i do think that there it's at least worth talking about uh, as a game episode
Spider Egypt theme number two. There are two of them in the game. And I fucking love Egyptian-influenced anything. So that's that a really great choice out of, out of the Strider soundtrack for sure. And just gets us that mu- all that much closer to me convincing you to play Strider. <laughs> I think we can talk about it. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <clears throat> so the next two pages of this magazine are really fucking fun. And I would like to, for Jake, minimize your magazine. Okay. So it's not open. Yep. And so this is, yes, this is, this segment is styled as a tabloid article. And it says, tells all across the, 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 the top, the title line. And then the subtitle is, 10 top game endings exposed. And there's both, you know, both have exclamation points and all. So this is very, you know, attention garnering. And it's basically a murderer's road of hotness as far as the games featured. It's Contra, <laughs> Contra, Akari Warriors, Metroid, Rad Racer, Castlevania, Goonies 2, Punch-Out, Kid Icarus, Super Mario Brothers, Wizards and Warriors. So... I would like to play a game okay. where I want to read like so. There's like they they, they have like a, they have the game title and then they have a shock headline below the title that they use for each game, and I want to read the shock title and have you guess what game it is basically without being told what the game the, the, the game name is. So okay, you you asked in the outline that I sent you what the italicized uh, games meant and. Those the italicized games is the list of games featured here. So, gotcha. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So you can use that. Uh, so you do have the list of the games to choose from, and you're not guessing totally wild, but obviously don't have the magazine open, so you don't know what they are. So. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, the first one. Let's go with. Courageous Knight overcomes mighty mystic Malkill and saves the princess. This one's too easy because I mentioned. Yeah, Wizards and Warriors. <laughs> Because we just talked about it. Yes, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it didn't really occur to me that. that uh, but if we didn't just talk about that, I would not have known. I would yeah, have yeah, Mal kills a little it. bit obscure. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna going forward for the rest of them. I'm gonna blank out any pronouns. Okay. Well, I don't know. That one's kind of. Some of them I might. If it's if it's too telling, I, I'll, I might. I am them out. Anyways, next one. Tough Commando Team Annihilates Alien Invasion. Tough Commando Team. It's got to be Contra. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Blank pronoun. (laughs) (laughs) Defeated by Brave Adventuring Brothers. Brave Adventuring Brothers? Uh... Because I haven't played it, I'm gonna guess Akari Warriors. Nope, not brothers. They're brothers. Brothers. Look at that list of game. How many? There's only. There's definitely only one set of brothers in there. Uh, oh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. SMB, I thought it was something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I was actually thinking I might. I, like, there was no way. There was no way to correct that abbreviation <laughs> without obviously right. giving you the answer. So I was hoping you'd work through it. Yes, and the pronoun I admitted was Koopa King. So Koopa King defeated by Brave Adventuring Brothers is the title there. That's funny because that one, I remember looking at that and thinking, "Oh yeah, of course I've I've seen this screen a million times." I remember, being, but like the verbiage is not in my brain. Like I don't remember those words specifically. I remember that scene, but I don't remember those words. They just never stuck with me. What each toad says to you, and the previous seven castles is much more memorable. Which is right? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mario. But our princesses is another castle is something I'll never forget. Exactly. <laughs> so next headline is. Boy Hero becomes a man by beating Medusa. 
Uh, Kid Icarus. Correct. Crack Commandos topple evil secret agency. Secret agency. What? Uh, I actually don't know. Tackle secret agency? The the operative word, I, I wouldn't focus on that. Crack Commandos hey. topple evil secret agency. Okay, maybe maybe this is Akari Warriors? Correct, correct. This one's too easy, but reigning world champion blank dethroned by upstart challenger. Ah, <laughs> punch out. Yeah, yeah, the omission there is Mike Tyson, of course. And Femme Fatale finds cure for the blank's headaches. Metroid? Correct. Yeah, the... May Fatale. That's the, the, the that was the giveaway the, right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just two, not enough games where that's the case. This one I would there's I, this one I would never guess if I didn't have a list in front of me just like through the process of elimination. But <laughs> the the Fratelli <laughs> gang is behind bars once again. Maybe maybe you maybe you wait Fratelli. That's that's Goonies, right? Okay, yeah, I was gonna say maybe you're more yeah. more yeah more, more familiar with Fratelli. the IP. <laughs> I have never yeah. I've never seen the Goonies. So, what? So, yeah. You've never seen the Goonies, Josh. I know, I know. It's it's fucking considered a goddamn a very blasphemous thing to to have oh. not have life. I know. There's another. No, there's actually has to be rectified uh, on that topic. There, there is another topic in this in this magazine, this issue, where I anticipate you feeling the exact same way. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I look forward to being reprimanded a second time for this basically the same thing. So <laughs> the, right. the the next headline is Speed Demon Sweetie makes off with Dream Machine. Blank. Oh, Rad Racer. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of the last one. It's probably pretty easy anyways. But Famous Ghost Hunter conquers the blank. Castlevania. That is all of them. Thanks for playing the top 10 game endings exposed uh, uh, with us on the Imperial Souls of Honor podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's interesting that they gave them away like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, well, I'd seen. These are, they, I, I will say I, I agree. And I, you know, and I think traditionally that's one of the things that's very respectful about this magazine is they never do go all the way to the endings of games, you know, with these, even with the features and the maps and stuff. I think right. in this case, these are all games that have been out. You know, it's like it's like past the spoiler. What, what do you call that? Past this. this like when, when, when something's been out. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a stupid ass fucking phrase that gets used for this but yeah it's past the spoiler gate or whatever it is uh you know uh, where where you, people could be upset about not having beat it and, and they're also such popular games with most of them that you know a, a hardcore nintendo players who actually would care about that probably <laughs> probably have already beat all the games like uh what's his fucking name the Scaluzzi, the uh, fucking what's his name the goddamn power player uh, <laughs> the absorber kid, yeah the absorber yeah fucking they're uh, all 10 of these games are almost certainly in his 49 <laughs> that's no. true i mean i guess we're talking we're talking super mario brothers and we're previewing mario brothers 3 at the end of this so yeah you're you've beat it by now if you're going to beat it unless you don't have a nintendo yet you know so next up is four pages of Data East Robocop. They're, they're coming Ed 209 at us next, and they are picking up where they the preview in the last Nintendo Power issue left off. So Data East is probably pumping a lot of dough into this, I think, mm-hmm. to, to features like this right in a row. And this hit in December, just in time for Christmas, so it is now fair game. 
for for a game up and the preview has the first stage so this has maps for stages two through four and we already talked about the ip extensively and the original movie is off the fucking charts if you've somehow not seen it by all means do so so there's not a ton to talk about here i don't think there was i posted on the on the fucking uh, i didn't write it down to mention it but it's coming to mind as we talk about it here the i posted it on our socials there is a instagram account and well it's you know it's a facebook page too i guess but death by toys is this artist who makes weird ass he does a lot of cool things actually but one of them is he takes old atari cartridges and makes weird labels for them that are like in the style of an old atari game and one of them the one he posted last week that i posted on our socials and is robocop correlated is the game is called bitches leave <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it is it's clarence boniker the, the 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 main bad guy in the movie uh the, the dad from that 70s show who's a fucking amazing character actor and he's on the cover and it's from the scene where he like the the executive at ocp the secondary one that's trying to kind of uh, unseat bob whatever the fuck dick 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 jones i think is the character's name that the 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 patriarch of the company the CEO uh, plays and he's trying to unseat him by trying to get the board to fire him or something and, and, and take over with his in the company. So he's, he's at home, he's like living it up. He's happy about something. He's at home partying with two hookers and a bunch of blow on a table. And Dick sends, cause Dick's hired that main bad guy and tried to kill Robocop basically. So the ed 209 program can go forward and he sends him to this fucking guy's house. Cause he's, pissed off at him to kill him and he like the fucking the open second he walks into the, the apartment of the house or whatever he's like he's fucking he's got a gun pointed at the fucking dude and he doesn't even look at the, the two hookers he just goes bitches leave and <laughs> <laughs> they run out of the fucking house it's a it's one of my favorite gifts actually i use all the time uh and it's just what? a fan- fantastic scene from a fantastic movie and it's just so ridiculous but dude. the idea of this guy thinking of doing a fucking atari cartridge with that on the label is just so brilliant <laughs> dude, i did not even know that was the dude from the 70s show and i loved i love i watched that entire series i mean Courtney did like yeah. I, I did not know that was him that's 100 him and he's so good and he's such a good character actor dude oh i'm gonna have to check it out he's great um so yeah, that's 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 the only RoboCop shit I would talk about. <laughs> so. I mean, I I fired it up, man, because I wasn't sure. Like this game, like the style of it looked familiar, but it reminded me of Batman, and I remember hating the Batman game. But so I had to check it yeah. out, man. It, yeah. I only played the the first. Level, argue like a, I think that's the next issue. I think we're gonna argue like a motherfucker about that. Then, oh my god, oh, that game is, man. I think you're I, I think you're misremembering. I think that maybe fucking maybe game is incredible. I have the card. It's fucking. Incredible. Incredible. All right. Well, maybe I am mis- misremembering because I picked this up and outside of not being able to shoot my gun until later in the level, I actually thought this was kind of fun. Like it's like you're shooting in all directions. Like I don't remember playing this as a kid, but it's like, did I one of those things where if I did, it was like a, a two day rental it, and I didn't get to play it that much. Right. And yeah, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's no, it's yeah, it's not bad. Like I mean, like I said, I think part of my we've talked about it a little bit. I think on the preview, you know, part of my like my stronger memory and stronger nostalgia affinity is for the arcade version, and it is yeah. a far cry from that. So that's maybe yeah. part of why I'm a little sour on it. But yeah, it's not. It's definitely not bad. It's 100% playable, and and I would absolutely talk about it for a game episode for sure. It's it's nowhere near that bad. Perhaps we will. The next is a four-banger on NES Collection Football, 
And that's this is despite this not coming out until the start of football season the following year. Like this comes out in September of 1990. So oh, it's not, it's for, not yeah, out right now. Yeah, oh. it's not out. Almost for another year, it's not out. And that's extra weird to me. Like it's one thing with the with Iron Man Stewart's fucking off road racing because that's you know that's a licensed title. That's a third party title. So yeah. you know Nintendo, you know, just like it not being it being in the magazine, like shit not lining up. Like that that seems more plausible to me then you know any aspect football is an in-house nintendo title so the idea that they are dumping all this marketing into it and it's because of the nes satellite i get that and maybe that is the answer to this if we could again ask howie we got to start making a list of things we want to bitch at howie about (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i'm sure that's why because they're just trying to find reason to 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 peddle that that peripheral you know but Mm. still like the idea that they wouldn't that they would have this much coverage on a game that doesn't come out for another year is weird to me, I think. But as far as the feature goes, uh, thanks to scoring the Players Association license, despite no NFL team license, I enjoy the scouting reports in here a fucking great deal. Like there's a there's a ton of individual player mentions on the eight teams they have in the game, and this, as far as the timing of this game, this is right before my formative years for NFL fandom, which I'd quote as starting in the 1991 season. Like that's the year that gotcha. like, I remember, I remember sitting down for the 1991 season, dude. And I, God, I, if you remember these make me so happy, but Miller light would give away at, at, at the, in, at the, like in grocery stores and stuff, Miller light had in cap displays where they gave away these books for the NFL season and 1991 had Joe Montana. I remember I fucking I've actually looked it up and, and found the fucking thing online just to to, to fucking stroke my nostalgia shit. So <laughs> uh, like I like I'm absolutely certain of this. But yeah, Miller Lite would give these books away, and they were like you know they were basically season programs kind of, and they had little boxes with the NFL schedule where you could write in the scores for each game and shit. And I remember in, ni- in the 1991 season, I would sit there every fucking Sunday and like. Yeah, fucking <laughs> scrawl, <laughs> scrawl those scores into that book like I was writing the fucking Bible or something. <laughs> nice. Uh, and yeah, that was absolutely yeah. the first season that I really got into football for sure. So yeah, this is the this. These are basically actually the. I mean, the rosters are probably the '89 season. Come to think of it, because how long this game's being developed, unless they happened to tweak it right before it came out for the the '90 season, which is possible if, if they timed it with the season itself, but. Mm-hmm. That would be something I would actually like to know and do research on just out of curiosity, which which year these rosters are from. But either way, a lot of the players featured in the game are the players that were playing that very first year I really watched football. So, you know, and, and also that's also when I started collecting football cards and like, you know, I just cannot the 1991 season. I just like there's just I I know every player. I know every player. Every player in the NFL, dude. I, I know every fucking one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I had, if they, if they had a football card printed for them. Even even in those in the tops and, and, and pro set series that had yeah. fucking weight eight hundred cards in them, every fucking player in the NFL and then like must have been practice squad players too. Eight hundred players. Like, you know, that's an insane number of fucking players. Every starter for sure is has a football card in the nineteen ninety one pro set series. So uh wow. yeah, I mean like you know, Mike Tomzak, the fucking quarterback of the of the Bears, and Mark Bavaro, the tight end of the Giants. Like oh, he's yeah. like really obscure or relatively obscure players that just totally strum my fucking nostalgia guitar to, to, to no end. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, this game, that's part of why this game really fucking gets me too. I know you like it as well, but 
um, that, that has a lot to do with why I really dug it. I also liked, I mean, we, we already talked about it, so we're kind of beating a dead horse, but like, I liked the, the, the simulation aspect of it that I think, you know, it's kind of slower and a little bit clunkier because of that, trying to execute that on the Nintendo's fucking hardware is, you know, probably not the easiest thing in the fucking world from a design standpoint, but I, I totally dug the ability to, you know, have that much control over the play calling and shit. Like there was nothing like that previously in any football game. Oh, yeah. So I was totally into that, you know? Oh, for sure. And this, and again, yeah, we've talked about it. This definitely looks more advanced than I remember. So when it comes out, I'm definitely going to have to dig into it. So I wasn't yep. even aware it wasn't even out yet. Gosh. I have the cart, dude. That's, that's not that, that. That would be a fun co-op play, too, because we could fucking, yeah. we could run the doing that with the, the you have to get those um, or even like a four player. Yeah, that's this would be a fun game to co-op for sure online. But yeah, it's a good. I mean, that this that's that's mostly how. I've certainly played one player a million times too, but it's it's super fun playing two players on the same team because that's it's also the first time that's ever been possible, you know. Yeah, so, uh, I immediately thought of that. I was like, "Oh, Harlemites reunited! Let's go!" Yeah, yeah. Me and, <laughs> me and my uncle used to sit around and play this fucking game. You know, the, 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 it has the playoff system too. Um, actually, you know what though? That you can't play co-op for the playoff system, which sucked ass. So we didn't do that. So we would uh. I mean, just sat and played games in a row, uh, the one-off exhibitions at one after the other, two player against the computer. And yeah, I mean, um, you know, just super fucking fun. Super nice. fun to play with someone else in this game. <sighs> Next up is three pages pitching power packed super control. And again, is, man. Yeah, exactly. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pounding on us with this shit but it's, it, yeah, it's more pitching of dog shit peripherals the power glove and the u-force and both blow dick but were marketed brilliantly we've discussed this at length so i don't want to fucking waste any more of our or our listeners time doing that but they do feature four games for each of those peripherals on the last page and they are bold, basically lying about them being possible to be played with these people. <laughs> <laughs> like the 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 general power. The only thing that I would even want to give credence to talk about really from here, uh, unless you have something you want to talk about, is the the general power glove blurb has this nugget of truth, and it reads. Power glove play requires that you hold out your hand for extensive periods of time, so you may want to prop your arm up on a chair in front of you, or pause the game and rest after a long session. I.e., <laughs> this thing fucking blows. Like it's like even like even even the pitch of it, they're telling you like it's uncomfortable and kind of a pain in the ass to use. <laughs> yeah, um, dude, I I like under the U force. When we're looking at Super Mario Brothers, it's like if you're up for a challenge, you can play this classic in a whole new way. Like basically, if you want to struggle bus and hate <laughs> yeah, your life, yeah, you can right, try yeah. it like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've if you've if you've gotten too good at the game, try this completely impossible way to play it. <laughs> <laughs> get some get some fucking uh, some some replay value out of your cartridges you didn't think you'd ever find by buying this total piece of shit and and not being able to play it with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty fucking weak. <laughs> so after that, we get six pages of Winter Winners, and these are new games now available. And the kind of like copywriting here reads, Outside the snow may be falling, but these five new game packs might be just the thing to keep the indoors action hot. <laughs> <laughs> and the first two uh, games they feature here are the junior versions of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy from Game Tech, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, I would, we would need to talk about the like the original versions that are intended for adults. We don't need to talk about the junior like dumbed down versions for sure. The then we have Activision's The Three Stooges in here, and 
How, Jay, how do you feel about the Three Stooges? Just as, as, I, an, IP, as an IP. I couldn't care less. It's from, like, black and white days. Like, why would I care? Like, I only watch them if, like, my parents or, like, my grandparents had it on and I had no choice. Like, yep. Yep. I don't uh, want to play a game about them. Yeah, exact same fucking thing. I fucking loathe the Three Stooges and IP. It just, <laughs> it just it could not be further from funny to my ultra cunty comedic sensibilities. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, just, I am way too much of a comedy snob, and it is just like the most lowbrow of like slip on a banana peel humor that I, I just can't yeah. even begin to enjoy. And I get that it's from a time where comedic sensibilities, yeah, particularly in like content you know I mean, you're talking like mm-hmm. i think they, they started in like the silent they might even have started in the silent era i don't know like, i don't know i guess i i have not done enough research to know exactly when the fucking three stooges got started but it's certainly yes in black and white era and yeah it's something like i i'm pretty sure i had a, a cassette tape of them because my dad watched them when he was little and like i had gotten it for whatever reason or it might even have been mine it might have been his and i just fucking uh consolidated in my collection at some point but the yeah i had a videotape even of these fucking guys and just i you know so i was able to like and then you know it's like all, I, there were a ton of stupid videotapes i had that i still they probably were terrible but i still watched the shit out just because i had the tape you know what i mean and this was one that nope not <laughs> <laughs> so similarly yes i am incredibly unexcited about the game itself but I fired up anyways, just to be thorough. Oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> if you come in here saying you want to talk about three stooges, like playing this game, we're going to, we're going to have a discussion. Like, no. <laughs> well, I don't want, I don't want, you know, I'm not, I believe me. It's, it's actually, it's pretty good looking. I will say that it looks pretty good. It's Activision. So that's not terribly surprising. Activision is a good developer, but uh-huh. the, it's basically, as far as the gameplay goes, it's, it seems as much as I could fucking stomach it. To, to 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 gauge it seemed like a really bad mini game situation yeah like, no, that's what it seems like a yeah. bunch of mini games right yep and they are terrible i kept like and like it seemed to pick them at random even like so i fired it up and like i play this one or, or like it just it gives you like a little bit of a prologue deal and then it, it goes to this menu or something and like this it seemed i don't think i had any input on it the system just picked one of these little logos from a seemed like a, a menu, and then it put me in this mini game where I was whichever dickhead one of these dickheads it was, and he's trying to you're trying to fish things out of like a cereal bowl or a soup bowl, which is I think is one of the you know well it's a whole page so yes it's it's this image is featured in the in the, in the piece here so like you're like trying to get a certain sprite out of these out of this bowl with your spoon and like. It was difficult, <laughs> but not in a good way, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not sure whether like I, I did get some of them, but I wasn't able to tell if I even completed it successfully or not. And then when I came out of it, I think I got some I think that's what it is. You're trying to get money to do something in the game. So you get money from doing these little fucking dumb remedial tasks. And I think I got some money from it. So maybe I was successful. I have no idea. But then it came out of that, went back to that menu and again, picked something that I had no control over seemingly, and it was the same in a game. <laughs> and I was, like, I, thought, I, said, I was like, fuck you, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so you would not agree with the power player theme yes, of fun meter being at like 4.5 or 6 or something. 0.5%, yeah, which is an asinine rating for this game. <laughs> right. It's BS. I'm no longer believing these ratings. It's all a lie. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah. So, Activision must have paid some dough for that. But one interesting thing about the power meters in this in this issue here, they have consolidated these into one graphic now. So it used to be a power meter from 
the magazine, and then a player meter that was blank with the idea that you could write in your own, you know, score, meter, draw in your own bar there. You know what I mean? And in this yeah. case, they've filed it into one meter, and they've just left a blank space in each category column for you to write in your own score or draw in your own score if you want to do it visually, I guess. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's still kind of fun that they're, like, encouraging that kind of, I don't know, user participation. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, it gives you another reason just to, like, yeah, you let, you're reading through your Nintendo, like, hey, go buy the game, and then you know, let us know what you think. Right. Record your record your thoughts here, for sure. And also from Activision, we get Dan Kitchen's Stealth Eagle Flight Sim, and we've talked about it already. This also gets an 82.5 percent on the power meter, and yeah, mm. I love Dan, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, they had to have paid for these two scores. Neither one of these games are that high. And I, like, I don't know. So you have this section, and there's another later that has some power meter scores. The I think those are in the the now playing section or whatever the hell it is. Video shorts, rather, it's called later later in the mag. And so you have power meters in those two. And I'm pretty sure there's nothing that gets higher than 82.5 percent for any of these any of the games with power meters in this in this, in this Really, so the idea that these two games are the highest rated games covered is batshit insane. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost faith in the rating system. Yep. And the last thing in here is more licensed BS from Toho, Godzilla, or at least I thought so, or thought it would be, rather. And this also gets an 82.5%, which I was thinking, I was like, that also seems like bullshit, after having those two experiences that were also 82.5%, and you get another licensed game, and I was just like, I was thinking, like, yeah, just get the fuck out of here with the, the non-existent statistical variance Nintendo Power. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. three games in a row, all probably not anywhere near as good as this. Getting the same score, I was just kind of like, yeah, I was very fuck off Nintendo at this moment. But I, I'm pretty sure Jab and I ran this game once, and I didn't recall it being terrible, but I definitely didn't think of it as an 82.5% in my head. And I fired it up to put that theory to the test. And well, for, did you fuck with this game? Is this one of the ones? No, I I'm I thought the same thing. I was looking at the screen grabs, like the pictures they have here, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I played this game and hated it. Like I so this was not one of them because I was very certain I hated this game. Okay. What did, what did, what was your experience? It what for one, like you, you by choosing one of the tracks, uh, no surprise you felt the same way. Listen to the soundtrack, the music's fucking very good in it. And yeah, true. upon firing it up, it has a really legit ass cutscene explainer video. For, for the game story setup, and I, I actually posted that on our socials, so you can check it out there, Facebook or Reddit, and it kind of pained me to, to fucking feel that way, dude, but this game is really fucking cool, man. Really? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's really? Yeah, I expect it to be a very basic, as most fucking licensed games are, a very, very basic application of the IP in some sort of action platformer kind of deal, you know what I mean? And there is that component in it, but it is only one, honestly, I would say probably not small, but not the dominant component of this game. And really what the the, the format of this game is, you start on an overworld hex map that is very strategy game reminiscent, and I dig that a lot. Mm -hmm. So you're controlling both Godzilla and Mothra, and you know, I'm not... You know, Mothra is, of course, a flying moth. Godzilla is a walking lizard. Like, I'm not the most... You know, I'm, I've never watched a Godzilla movie in its entirety. I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a Godzilla fan, so I don't really know the underlying IP all that well. But 
you control both of them and you're moving around the map and when you move into a hex with either of of those sprites mm -hmm. you then have to play a side scrolling shmup as whichever character you moved you know so you you can like both characters can go to the same places and it's the same stage but each stage is a completely different experience depending on which character you use because Mothra of course flies being a moth and Godzilla is a walking lizard and so like the way you have to navigate and strategically deal with each of these little shmup levels is completely different depending on which character you're using to tackle them with which is in of, in of itself is like way more depth than you're going to get in a lot of NES games again particularly a licensed one you know so that I was impressed by on top of the already the strategic map bullshit mm -hmm. and there are also on the map these big monsters that are the enemies trolling around that represent baddie bosses and if you run into one of those you have to fight a and you, you, you get you get taken into a single screen boss battle arena and honestly i mean these i did a few of them these battles seemed a little spammy like they weren't there wasn't a lot of depth to how you could strategically attack and defend in the in the battle bosses or boss battles rather but mm -hmm. It was still, again, just like enough variance there, different things to do, deal with and do that it just had way more depth than I anticipated having. And I, I think that was pretty commendable. Yeah, man. Mm. I, I, yeah, like I said, I don't know shit about Godzilla lore, but I'm guessing the monsters are the ones that you fight in, in the movies or that they fought in the movies, the, the bad ones. So they, they actually had names. They weren't just like stock robot yeah. fucking godzilla or whatever you know what i mean so yeah man i mean I, I, that's completely unexpected to me and i didn't expect it you know i didn't anticipate i would feel that way at all but i would 100 play this for a game episode I, like i think there's a plenty here to dig into and talk about and 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 uh to find interesting enough for for a game episode you know what i mean so interesting yeah I'm about to, i got a playthrough up right now i'm like hmm okay i i could see where it's got some some rampage elements being yep. smashing things as you go yeah Okay. All right. Maybe it's making me question my nostalgia memories now. Like, because <laughs> some of these games, especially if it's not a game that I actually own, which were not that many, or that, you know, a friend had that I could play a lot, you know, some of these games, if I didn't have like a book or like maybe I only had it like a 99 cent one day rental, maybe I didn't get to play it that much, or, you know, something happened, rubbed me the wrong way, or maybe I'm just thinking of something different. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, like, that, I kind of, so, I think Jeb had this one. There's a game called Dino Wars that is, for, the, like, the side-scrolling element, very similar. Like, a, you're, you control a fucking dinosaur, albeit a robot in that case, and, like, the, uh -huh. it just kind of had this alien outer space aesthetic to it. Like, it was, it was, it was very similar. And, I, honestly, I, I remember that game kind of fondly, too, maybe just partly because of the nostalgia effect of Jab having the cart, but... Like, I, I think I kind of was mixing those up in my head a little bit when I was picturing what this game would be. You know what I mean? Because Dino, uh, yeah. Dino Wars does not have all those other elements, does not have the boss battle shit. It does not have the, the map screen, I don't believe, you know, or anything like it, rather, the hexagon map screen. So uh, I, I think that might have been more what I was thinking of with the negative expectation, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I guess that's a affirmation of your idea that yes your dumbass kid memories are not always accurate <laughs> <laughs> after that it is pull out poster time and as mentioned in the table of contents we get an annotated screenshot map for willow on one side that has uh 
you know, probably some very useful knowledge <laughs> in there if you're trying to play that game. And there on the other side are is some dope ass Iron Sword illustration artwork. And in that case, or in that in that situation, Kuros is fighting a pterodactyl while wearing pretty close to nothing. And it's not Fabio, but if you're into scantily clad sword play, it'll certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm thinking the Willow map is pretty cool. Like that's an impressive yeah. map. And I'm like, oh, stupid Iron Sword again. Oh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think you're. I think there's more there than you're giving it credit for. But uh, after that, we get a six banger of some more Game Boy action, and we yes. start yeah with a couple pages on Super Mario Land first, and they are covering worlds one one through one three here. And I think it's you know it doesn't even need to be said. Great fucking game, as yes. all we already talked about Paper Mario, and I already already showered them with praise enough. Like anytime they're doing a AAA title like this, it's just fucking great every time. They don't ever fuck it up. And this is no different, I think, for the Game Boy platform. They did a great job here. Yep. And after that, you get a half page each for some pinball game I'd never heard of, Revenge of the Gator, and the very first portable Castlevania. And the the Castlevania was good. I have, I have memories of playing that and, and enjoying it. Like I said, the, the pinball game, I, I don't remember at all. Did you have either of those? I did not have the pinball game. No. I'm not sure about Castlevania. It looks very familiar, though. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, may I may have ended up having it. Right, Mario yeah. Land, for sure. But I don't yeah. know about Castlevania. For sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have it. I don't think Jab had it, but I know I played it somewhere. You know, like, there's, there's definitely a Same. situation where some other kid was around me and had that cart, and I was like, yeah, let me fucking try that out. <laughs> which is such a that's such a i didn't even think of it when i was reading through this initially but like that's such a great no just uh and like i don't even have an exact memory of it but just the idea that i know it happened in my childhood is very is a very warm fuzzy feeling like the idea of two kids their game boys and like you bump into each other and you're like oh man what what do you got in your case dude (laughs) yeah you you could do that out in the world as opposed to having to be over at some kid's house in their bedroom you know what i mean uh whereas that's where you'd have to be in order to do with nes idea memory for sure and they also spread the other three launch titles, Baseball, Tennis, Alleyway, across a page with another game, Motocross Maniacs. And do you have any recall of that game, by chance? Not at all. I never oh. played it. Oh, man. So Motocross yeah. Maniacs was an awesome off-road and kind of acrobatics motorcycle racing game that I had very early on in my Game Boy lineage. And And this might blow you away a little bit, but I know for a fact it was fourth that I got this game in the order of games that I got with my Game Boy. Like, I somehow psychotically know that I got how I got my first six games and what order I got. <laughs> because I kept them, so I had the the black shoulder, like the, the, the padded shoulder Game Boy case. I don't know if you had that one or not. It was. Oh, it was, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so like it had the zipper, and it was like, it opened up, and it was, yeah, it was like had a padded top on it, and then kind of this molded plastic with the felt covering on it as, as the, where you put all your shit inside, and it actually had a mm-hmm. space was really cool because it had a space for the battery pack or the the ac adapter rather which was you know clearly clutch for not burning through fucking batteries at breakneck pace so, so i had that had the the ac adapter and this actually this case actually held that too which was very appealing of course so but it had so you put the game boy in the middle and then it had four spaces around the game boy that two games inside their cases could fit in in each and i kept the games in that case not in alphabetical order, not in any, like the order I kept them in was the order that I got them. So like 
in the first, the top left corner went Tetris Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. In the the second one went Alleyway, which I got third, and then Motocross Maniacs underneath that, and then I got Batman as my fifth one, and then I got Personal Organizer as my sixth cartridge. And yes, Jay, that is how anal retentive I've always been. As an eight year old, <laughs> as an eight year old kid, I wanted Personal Organizer software on my Game Boy to organize what <laughs> like what what did i have to organize in my life at age fucking eight that i needed a personal organizer for contacts and calendar management <laughs> like what the fuck dude dude that uh, explains so much <laughs> <laughs> uh that yeah a I, window <laughs> yeah i i viscerally remember like keeping them in that order and and having them in the case so i know exactly the way i got them but yeah motocross maniacs was fantastic dude. it was fucking it's kind of like very honestly way better than than excite bike but like the same idea you know that kind of off-road motocross kind of deal and it had all these like loops it was like a, a perfectly as opposed to where excite bike was kind of that isometric deal you know like kind of at an angle uh motocross maniacs was straight side like from the side perspective you know so it was like very 2d looking and it had all this fucking you go through loop-de-loops and all sorts of crazy ass acrobatic shit with a motorcycle and it was a really fucking good game that i played the shit out of like honestly out of all those games that i just listed off i probably played that one the most you know really that's surprising but impressive really good game boy game very and like, and like the replay because it you know again racing games usually didn't get me but the replay value of it because of all the stunts and shit you could do you know it was not it was there was there was so much every time you played it it was a different experience even though the, you know they were the same levels it didn't it wasn't like randomly generated levels or anything but because of the acrobatic component of it like every level had things like you know secret areas you could get to and shit that you just you know there's just no way you could fucking um you'd have to play it many, many times to, to even come close to seeing everything in the game. You know what I mean? So that's pretty dope for a fucking Game Boy title. And the last page has of this, of this Game Boy feature has some previews, but none of which really meant anything to me. So I didn't really have anything to say about them. Did you? No, moving on. Forgettable titles. Yep. And after that, we get ring in the new year with four new hits for the nineties. And this is a, another preview section. And the games here are Kimco's Shadowgate. Ultra Konami's silent silent service, and then Absolutes, a boy in his blob, and Atari Mindscapes 720, and these are all out in December except for Boy in his blob. So three of them are fair game, and it's funny because that comically lines up with a great story that both because I interviewed both Gary Kitchen and David Crane, the two guys that made that game, and they both told me a story about trying to rush this game, like finish this game and rush it like they literally like one of them i want to say it was gary they were based in new jersey and gary flew out to seattle like to stay in a hotel right by nintendo headquarters and they were trying to get this game in like the deadline to get a rom delivered in finished form to nintendo to have it come out like to be able to get the cart assignment, like the the ROM assignments. Like I said, they you know you had to buy those from Nintendo basically, and they only gave out a certain number, and it was like a whole fucking deal. You had to submit right. your game like sometime in the summer or something to get out and to, to 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 have it be able to come out in time for Christmas, which is of course ideal from their perspective for for sales purposes. And they were like, David was in fucking 
New Jersey, and they were submitting like like you know this is nineteen fucking eighty nine, nineteen ninety that they're they're like using an archaic form of internet to transmit like little changes that Nintendo was making them make to the game, and oh, in the, wow. Quality control process. So, like David, who's kind of like the the fucking you know he's a fucking just absolutely brilliant human being, is back in New Jersey trying to. They both are. They're both like Gary's in a hotel room, also working on it. But they're like they're David's back in fucking New Jersey, and they're like transmitting fucking versions of the ROM that take all night to send across the country <laughs> via some archaic internet fucking uh, form, you know. And they they both told that story. And it was really fucking interesting. So yeah, they, it's it's funny they both told that story and that they it ended up not coming out in time for Christmas is what you would assume is the idea of it being in this issue. You know right. what I mean? Wow. They clearly didn't succeed. I couldn't remember offhand the end of the story, but they clearly didn't succeed. Uh, if you want to hear them tell the story, you can look that up on on Amazon Prime. Both their interviews are on there, and they are definitely cool stories to hear from both of them. And Shadowgate, as I mentioned earlier. I own this as a tot, and I fucking love this game, so I'm so excited. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude. I See, to re- I, I, I looked at it, and I was like, my first thoughts was that this is rated pretty daggone high here, and, like, if I had the time, I would actually try it, but I looked at it, and I'm like, man, I, yeah. It's, this- it's not It's not a kind of, <laughs> honestly, it's one of those games, because there is, especially back then, it was easier to cope with because you didn't have better more streamlined versions of this but the ui in the game is you know it's 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 intended to play we, we talked about this already with the, with the preview of this of this game and maybe deja vu too but the you know the these games are intended they were pc games and they you played them with a mouse and there's a point and click they're point and click adventures yeah. so <laughs> playing with a nintendo controller is not the easiest thing to get used to even if you were again playing it way back then Playing it now is going to be particularly frustrating probably at first and, and slow going to get used to it and get over the fact that that's a slow way to play a game. So just picking up and fucking with it, it's going to be the kind of thing where you're like, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, you have to like really sit down to de- and dedicate yourself to getting past that aspect of it and, and really get into the story to to enjoy it, I think. So it's not a fuck around game by any length. It's certainly not something that would go on my fuck around uh, play any time list, you know, or anything. So. But yeah, I have yet to, this is one of the, I think this might be my, my childhood reclamation project idea. Like, I think this might be the one that's cur- currently the highest ranking on the ones I have yet to get. Like, you know, that's, you know, so it's it's good enough that it's on the list, but it's not good enough, especially in this, you know, again, like having the cart, like it's the kind of game I don't know if I would ever play just sit, like, I don't know if I would, I don't know, maybe just for nostalgia purposes. Like I'm, you know, playing Dragon Warrior last night, dude, for, for the side quest series like last night i was fucking like going through that dungeon and shit i was like just i cannot it was just i don't know tears is extreme but the amount of, <laughs> the amount of nostalgia i was feeling and, and enjoyment i was having playing that in such a the way it was intended manner you know yeah. mapping the fucking dungeon out with the fucking graph paper and shit like i just it was nostalgia overload you know what i mean and like trying to trying to get that feeling from this game is, is a reason to have the cart but you know, that's not a strong enough desire to have to have put it ahead of the other things that I've been buying and overpaying for on eBay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, we already said it's a PC style point click adventure game. The headline here suggests a chilling mystery in an ancient castle. And it is in kind with that. It is medieval fantasy galore. And the music is so fucking sexy in this game. <laughs>
it at 85% aggregate on the power meter. Thank you very much. And that is actually, I guess, a little higher than what I was thinking the highest was. So thankfully, it's not. I, I'm appreciative that it, it is not. It is at least ahead of Three Stooges. But I am also <laughs> virtually irritated that it's only 2.5% ahead of Three Stooges. <laughs> right? You know. Somebody's adjusted the scores on the back end. Come on. Yep. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And yeah, after that, there are three pages of beautiful and edgy artwork here, just kind of brushing over the basics of the game. And they tease a more expansive feature on it coming down the line. And I am excited for that for sure, because I enjoy like this. The, much of the enjoyment of this game is just the artwork because there is a lot of, albeit because of the UI, you only have kind of that small view screen of quote-unquote the action in the top left corner because you need the menu systems for moving around and your inventory etc cetera, etc cetera. saving even if you can save in the game as, as you go and you know that all takes up a great big uh, a considerable part of the screen so you only really see i would say maybe it's probably less than a quarter of the screen is dedicated to the artwork of what you see but even with that constraint, it's still like there's a lot of just really cool looking shit in the game. So seeing kind of original artwork that is inspired by stuff in the game is really cool. And I look forward to seeing what that next one has in it, too, you know. Yep. So Absolutely. pretty fun game. I would certainly talk about it. Just like uh, it's like it's, you know, it's it's an involving long game that is probably a little bit of a heavy lift for a game episode. But I don't it, it's certainly it's not like playing Zelda or, you know fucking dragon warrior or some full-on rpg oh it's not okay yeah it's not that heavy a lift so i think while it, you know we should if we do do it it should be in a, a two-week window where we have some extra time because it probably will take a little more than your typical game episode that we like to prefer i think to, to go with as far as time mm -hmm. commitment goes but uh it's there's you know i was just as much as i talk about and love it i would certainly love to be able to play it for this purpose and talk about every stupid little thing in the game <laughs> so after that they give us silent service and they call <laughs> they call it the submarine simulation which just anytime you hear the word simulation like you know like okay that sounds kind of heavy because right. looking at the artwork and stuff you'd kind of expect it just to be some kind of underwater shooter or something right yeah it's yeah, nah. it's, it's konami uh, or their shell company, any, Ultra, anyhow. So, you know, that suggests it would be hot. But here's, their, here's the description here in the feature. It goes, Ultra's silent service is a true-to-life simulation of submarine warfare in the Pacific theater of World War II. As the captain of one of 11 actual submarines, you will need to employ all of your skill in submarine tactics to avoid enemy destroyers and complete your mission. And... Yeah, that sounds like a fucking lot. <laughs> like, like way right. more than could be put on an NES game cartridge. Really, is is, is uh, what I was thinking after reading that. And I had never fucked with it before, even despite the fact you know, I, Ultra Games were. You know, you, you've talked before about kind of how a label meant something to you as a kid, mm -hmm. and I would say not many of them did. But because it was, there were not a ton of games that came out under it, and because Metal Gear was an Ultra title, and I ah. own Metal Gear. And I was such a big fucking Metal Gear fan. Ultra, and it was also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. So like Ultra did mean something to me, probably more so than any other third-party developer. So the fact that I had never really even gave it a try, even as an Ultra title, is kind of weird to me. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'd never fucked with it. Had you? No, not at all, man. I, I wouldn't have picked a game like this growing up. But I mean, yeah, when you talk about a simulation, 
in my mind, I immediately think of a heavy, like very detailed, like the thing that this is on Nintendo. I mean, props to them. Like maybe it's fun. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like my thing, but at the same time, it's also hard for me to even want to give something like this a try when I know that Microsoft just released like the flight sim that is so realistic <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, exactly. that people are really using it to like fly, like see real life storms. And like, it's this amazing thing that I'm just like, I, I, I don't think I could even try this and even and it, give it like an unbiased opinion right now. You know? yeah. yeah. It is tough to go back to a game like this, that uh, in these kind of like, the strategy realms is, is really tough to, to go backwards. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not relying on total nostalgia, to to get you through it you know it's it's tough yeah i've seen i've i've never in my life even tried a a microsoft sim like uh sorry flight simulator even though i know it's like a huge fucking franchise and i know that i've seen tons of buzz about the new one how fucking lifelike it is but it's never been something that i could really get into i don't think but i do see a lot of good shit about it and people are saying well yeah some really cool you can do some really cool shit with it the power meter for the, <clears throat> this is 72.5%, and comparative in a relative sense to what we've seen power meter-wise so far in this issue, that is not a good sign. <laughs> but I fired it up anyways because I'm a fucking masochist, and uh, yeah, man, holy shit is this intense simulation stuff. Uh, by any standards or any metric probably, but particularly by NES standards, it's cursor-controlled. So again, kind of like we were talking about with Shadowgate, like this is something that you know probably would be better suited for having a fucking mouse at your disposal but it's cursor control there's you're zooming in and out on maps there's all kinds of fucking numbers and shit you know i mean it it's just like there might be a game here but it's just absolutely not a casual indulgence like if there is a game there we would have to dedicate serious time to finding that out you know and that's to me it's a tough sell that's a really that's a really huge paywall <laughs> to get through in the in the currency of time and effort for these old games you know what i mean to to even consider for a game episode i think it's a tough yeah tough that would have thing. to be that'd have to be my thing you know like if i was one of those people who actually had who regularly gamed on like a hardcore pc and like i was into the sim then maybe you know maybe i'd want to devote the time and, and get into it but that's just yeah no nah, I'm, yeah. I'm good <laughs> Same here, same here. Boy and his blob gets a 67.5% on the power meter. And just, I don't know, man. Oof. It is, yeah, it's, when this game comes out, this game is is featured actually in in an issue that I uh, have a lot of affinity for. All the more reason that it was, it was like a, a total fanboy thing for me to be able to interview David and, and Gary. But the, I, it, it, there are some rough aspects of it, and it is super tough to play now, I'll admit. But it's got a really cool and interesting mechanic to it with the jelly beans and turning the fucking the blob into all these different, you know, in essence, tools to solve puzzles and navigate through the game. Like, again, comparative to what they've given 82.5% in this, 67.5 is really brutal, I think. See, uh, I, I never played this game growing up, but obviously I'm familiar with the property, and, you know, I've seen it. I think there may be remakes of it and stuff. There like is. That. Yeah, there was, it's, it's definitely there was a popular. Game, a game, or maybe actually check out a Wii, I think, version of it. That that was a, a reboot. Yeah, but I mean, I, I never played it. And so this, I actually was going to fire this up until I saw the power meter. And I was like, <laughs> that's, I was like, it's given high marks to these other ones. I'm going to pass if that's if that's what we're talking about. Maybe, maybe I missed this one up, you know, and it's okay. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll have the opportunity to talk about it a little further, so you, you'll you'll have incentive to fire it up if you want later, um, because we will see this again for sure. I know, but uh, I, all that, like, regardless of what you know, I just said, there's just no way. There's, I mean, it's the lowest percentage in, of all these in the Mac. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> it's, just, it's not. Wow. It's nowhere near that bad. By any length, yeah. By any, yeah. Even like I said, even like a a 2020 perspective on it, I wouldn't give it that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, I, I just don't see how you could that either but you know what it is I, out of all these companies absolute entertainment which is is what that was the company that david and gary had formed to, to, when they were working together on this game you know that's easily the smallest it's you know just a couple it was him and fucking david and gary like it was not some big company so they probably had the least money to give nintendo for their fucking feature here uh, and, you know, yeah. so they didn't pay for the 82.5 percent Sadly, that's what greases the fucking wheel in the world. 720 is a skateboarding minigame fucking deal. It's very skate or die, which I had much more familiarity with. And they only give this a 65%. So check that. Yeah, uh, 67 is not the lowest. Never mind. But uh, I never fucked with this, so I did. Did you? Is this a game you ever played? No. I, yeah. Nah. Not, not really my thing. I just looked at it. I, I've heard of it, but just... I don't know. Like, I love California games and things like that, so you think... I might try this, but just didn't catch my attention. Yeah, this one, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, honestly don't remember seeing it as a kid, oddly, you know? Like, Skate or Die, again, Skate or Die is ultra funny enough, so maybe that's why it might have been like, it was, Skate or Die was probably in some sort of brochure or poster I got when I bought Metal Gear, so that's probably the main reason I know that so well, but yeah. the, this 720 is very similar to Skate or Die in that it's kind of a, you have like this central freestyle area where you you navigate around to the mini games but i would say there's considerably more substance to it both the mini games themselves as well as the central freestyle area where you kind of like almost it's almost like the menu like in skate or die it is just blatantly a menu you come out of the skate shop in the beginning and you just you you do have control of your character but you're just skateboarding to a little street that takes you to the mini game there's no you, you can't like do tricks or anything you know whereas in this case uh, you 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 troll around this central freestyle area you can do all the tricks that you can do in you know a, a lot of other cases too so and there's characters that you can bump into and there's hazards and shit so it's just it's just kind of more shit going on to it and there's also shops you can buy shit with the money that you win from the competitions and the mini games which is also you know kind of rpg to some degree so okay. yeah there's just considerably more depth to it than skater die and i was not i was a, i was a skier die fan Jab had that, and it was more fun. I think had a little more. The controls and shit were better. Like I never really got into Skate or Die, even though I think yeah. I tried and wanted to, just because skateboarding was kind of a little bit of a thing. Even though I didn't do it personally, it was still <laughs> yeah. Had it had a little bit of a lure to it, you know, from afar. But um, yeah, there might there might be a little game here, but it, it's probably not my cup of tea. I don't think. After that is a four-page feature on Compile Broderbund collab, The Guardian Legend, and this came out back in April, and we discussed it in issue eight. And it's uh, much to my chagrin, I think, was a pretty interesting smash up that I don't think we need to rehash. So, I actually played this, man. Did you? Okay. Yeah, because it it didn't look familiar to me at all. Like that's, something. That's about the this... problem with these fucking smash ups, dude. You can't tell. <laughs> that's what yeah, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. We talked about this because yeah. I I immediately was like, what is this game? And it like I jumped into it, and it was like immediately action intense. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It it was interesting to me, and I'm like. Yeah, it was a great oh, okay. game. Right. This was yeah. this was Todd, the mullet game counselor's favorite game. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we talked about it extensively, and I was upset at how good it was when I got to it in the feature later in the game. So yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it's it's a good game. Uh, surprising. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's I mean, you know, to the point. Yes, where I would uh, even do a game episode on, I would talk about that. It's like that good of a space month. So yeah, I, I was very surprised at that being the case. After these messages, we'll be right back. Come on, almost. Finally, yeah! Ah, triumph is ours! Kuros! But the battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! Back by a beast! Live the saga of iron sword on your Nintendo Entertainment System from a plane. Kuros? That is a U.S. TV spot for Iron Sword, and it is a kid in his bedroom, and Kuros busts in through the door for that exchange you heard, and then walks out of the room like what happened was no big deal. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the kid then gets up and checks in the hall after he leaves, and it's just his dog out there, and there's some smoke from, I think it's the dog's tail was smoking, maybe, which is actually kind of cruel, theoretically. But, <laughs> right. but the, 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 the dog's tail is smoking, and it's presumably from the fire that had accompanied Kuros's visit into the room. Like they, when he burst through the door, there's like fire coming in through the door and shit. So, yeah, I have nothing witty to say. Link is in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Countdown is first up here, and they give us shit about Mega Man 2, Xanadu, Strider. Surely wedging that into my game up noms yet again. <laughs> and yeah. Super Dodgeball and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And none of these are new for us. There is also one here, though, that is very interesting in that it is not, it is not for a specific game. It just, it's just titled Role-Playing Games. And the question is, how do I feat the, defeat the most difficult enemies? And their answer is basically the incredibly obvious go out and grind. <laughs> yeah, so With this, the freaking wolf guy from yeah, Dragon yeah, so Warrior. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there is no specific game in the title, but the screenshot shown is of a wolf encounter in Dragon Warrior. And, and that, to me, says that this is clearly just more U.S. RPG pre propaganda from Nintendo, hoping you'll pay the exorbitant $70 price for Dragon Warrior. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. So, <laughs> Not just we got the why didn't they just say Dragon Warrior? Why is it role playing games in general? You know, it's kind of yeah. Uh, probably get like you were saying earlier, speculating to get out of paying that extra money. Like, hey, you guys didn't put the money in here, but we still need to promote this. So we no, can no, get no, paid. no, no, that, no. Dragon Warrior is an in house title. Dude. They can do whatever they want with that IP. Is it? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, Square Enix made it, but I mean, they, 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 they Nintendo released it, so I would think that that wouldn't have been an issue for sure. You know what I mean? And they, you know, they they have. This shit they they use that thing and they have all the stuff they're doing that's true to the IP like I don't I don't I don't think that's the same things with Ducktales at all but yeah that's true interesting anyways and as for gameplay counselor profiles ding 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 we have a winner Mullet <laughs> <laughs> Watch a segment brought to you by Mattel's shitty power glove turns up with a huge hit in Paul Lange Lang <laughs> in the end so it's not, probably not Lang but. Paul's hobbies include music, 
flying <laughs> computers and weightlifting. So I guess Paul can fucking fly, which is pretty dope, Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly that I assume he means, I don't know. What does he mean? Hang gliding? What does he mean? Like he has a fucking airplane? Like, I mean, what, what, yeah, what, like, <laughs> like what kind of hobby do you have if your gameplay accounts are worth flying? Like, are you just a rich kid? And you're just like, yo, I play games of fly planes and lift weights. <laughs> But he says he lifts weights too, so I'm like, you're doing all these things, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. It's, it's, to, be, it's to be mentioned. Like, I don't, well, first of all, his highest game score is the Guardian Legend yet again. Another, yeah. Another another mullet guy that likes the Guardian Legend, and his favorite game is Nubunga's Ambition, which lends itself to me thinking that Paul is an enigma, and he will he will not be defined by his frat house aesthetic. He is a, <laughs> he's a cerebral bro. And that is, yeah, he absolutely has a 80s frat boy look to him, you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the weightlifting, he's, looks like he's not a bad looking dude. You know, he could certainly be uh, a frat guy for sure, you know, so. <laughs> Slightly yeah. different from Ben and Chris. Like, yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah, he, he stands out to, to, to no end and not just because of the mullet. So, yeah, it's funny that he has, he likes a, a really deep, you know, intelligent, intelligent suggesting strategy game, you know what I mean? Right. Is a contradiction you would expect looking at him for sure Fucking nintendo never disappointing on that goddamn play console profile section man they all <laughs> it's great good job like you had like easy you know, the, the fact that yeah it's a joke to us mullet watch and like we're you know we're that's what we're looking for in these things but like like yes there were a lot of mullets in the 80s man but god damn there had to be an effort for there to always, you know, so frequently there is one. Like, I want to say there's only been one or two <laughs> so far where there is, there hasn't been one. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like there's got to be a creative decision for that, for there to be one present. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't know, like, both in, like, the hiring and the featuring in the magazine. Like, I feel like there's got to be effort. Like, yeah. I feel like it cannot be coincidental. Yeah. They're like, we need to diversify these looks. Like, yeah. you know, there's got to be a mullet in there. And it'll appeal to the country audience. Yeah, one, one, millet, one mullet minimum. <laughs> like uh, a two-bottle minimum at the club. Cla uh, classified information follows that up. And in this, we see Solomon's Key, DuckTales, Mega Man 2 again, Strider again, Robo Warrior, Fazanadu again, Ninja Gaiden, and Cobra Triangle. And just so much Strider man if i ever like if i ever do convince you to take it on i am absolutely going to go back through all these recent issues for the tips because i mean there's there's been a ton of these little just like little one-off nuggets about the game you know in counselor's corner and and classified information so there, there must be some shit in this game that's a little hard to figure out you know what i mean it's been featured so, so many times so i would I, absolutely I gotta go back tell you i like looking at this going through these last two sections i was like there's a heavy Strider and Fazanadu, Faxanadu focus yeah. here. Like, Fazanadu, am, yeah. am I missing out? I have that same, yeah. They're like, we keep seeing Fazanadu. And honestly, you know, I've said before, like, I watched my uncle play through it. I, I, I remember, like, not thinking it was the greatest thing ever when I played it as a kid and I have the cart, even, you know, the fact that I, all the more, I don't know, it's amazing that I haven't just really given it a try. But, like, we've seen it so much that I feel like, we we almost it's almost we have to like i think it has to be an exploratory you know because uh, in this case we both neither one of us would have any experience with it as opposed to dragon warrior where it's this kind of like opposing viewpoints like i think yeah. that 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 be uh very much worth talking about for doing like just one that we've never done before and, and, and well both of... I, man it's <laughs> so 
I have to share something else then. So right before we started, you know, podcasting this morning, I'm sitting there and I'm just looking through some game stuff and Strider came up again. So I fired it up, man. I had to fire it up because it was bothering me. I was, I know what it was. I was going through the library of games and I was looking at Shatterhand and I was like, is Shatterhand the game that I'm confusing with Strider? Like we keep seeing it here, but like I played one of these games and I beat one of them. And so I looked at Shatterhand and I was like, I definitely beat Shatterhand. Okay. So then I had no choice but to pull up Strider. And I played a level and then I let Zion play a level and I was like, okay, this game is fun. I don't okay. remember I don't remember if I've played it or not, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. No, it's, I told you there's it's one there, I mean, there's just no arguing that it's playable. You know what I mean? It's not like there's just yeah. You know, even if you're trying to find fault and for whatever reason you don't like it, like there's, I don't think there's any argument that can be made that it's not a credible participant in the Nintendo library. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's that well done, I think. It was um, better Capcom, than I thought. Yeah, Capcom, I mean, this should be no surprise, but yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, you know, I'm fucking always open to talk about <laughs> it. The, the, the call for reader submissions at the end mentions you can assign your own three digit special agent number in your sub submission. And this is the first time I've noticed that maybe it's been in previous issues, but it kind of explains that burning question that I mentioned having about how those numbers get determined, that these are just user submissions. I'm sure some of them are gameplay counselor deals too, and they just pick their own fucking number or whatever. But uh, I just, uh, that stood out to me as something I hadn't noticed before because I, I did have that kind of like who decides these numbers, you know what I mean? There you go. So you want to be agent, 101 each time agent 101 says stuff and you're like yeah that's me yeah exactly yeah yeah i wonder yeah i, I highly doubt they did any any level of fact checking like no sorry you can't i mean you're certainly they're certainly right. not going to engage in a back and forth via written mail that you can't have that <laughs> <laughs> it's just not right. efficient use of of company labor <laughs> but the only thing in here that i hadn't seen before was jellico's robo warrior and i didn't have the rom so, you know, never a good sign, as, as I always say. And uh, did not pique me enough to want to dig it out of the internet. But I did watch a play bit of this, and I was kind of surprised, man. It's like there's an opening title cutscene that looked very pretty, and I didn't expect that. So there was some detail and time and attention paid to that. And it kind of seemed like a low key sci fi Legend of Zelda, man. Like, really? Yeah, it was like. You know, had this top-down overworld deal. You know, there's certainly items and shit to get. Like, you know, it just it, it had a yeah, just a, I, there's no better way to describe it, just a very oh. Legend of Zelda vibe to it. And, and um, you know, that's yeah. not a bad vibe to have. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kind of intrigued watching it. So I don't know. I doubt that it'll ever work our way into it'll ever work the way into our discussions about game episodes. But it's it's. If I had an unlimited amount of time, I might give it a, give it a try. It's not a total blow off. So if you listen to this and you're trying to, you've, you've always wanted a sci-fi Legend of Zelda on Nintendo Entertainment System, then maybe that's maybe that's the answer to your all your, all your <laughs> sci-fi Legend of Zelda. <laughs> After that, we get the top thirty, and Dragon Warrior kicks its debut door in at number seven. That was fun to see, and wow. Strider is also debuting at number nine. And you know what, Jay? Number nine is my, or the number nine rather, is my favorite number. <laughs> That's an impressive showing, man. I, when I looked at this, I'm like, okay, this is a snapshot of childhood right here, like the, like the genesis of the Nintendo love. Seeing Mega Man two, number one, Mario two, number two, and then Zelda two. I mean, the top three. You can't really argue with this list. Uh, yeah. 
arguments, yep. Yeah, I don't have anything that I would bitch about in here either. I even see Double Dragon 2 on here for the first time. At yeah. Number and I didn't even know that was out. And looking it up, yep. it doesn't come out till January, according to Moby. You know, know how they do. They get the titles ahead, like a little yeah, early. Yeah, we put talked about that with, list. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that with Zelda 2, too. Yeah, they, they try to fire them in there to get you get you pepped up, maybe. Uh, or, you know, I don't know, maybe it's also, you know, these, these fucking release dates on Moby are not, you know. First of all, they're giving you a whole month, you know, like... Like they clearly don't know the exact date. <laughs> right. so, so who knows? Maybe it did trickle out in some markets and, and some kids wrote in. Who knows? But are you excited for Double Double Dragon 2, Jay? Yeah, that's a fun I, game, man. I, I love that series. You yep. know, any any of the Double Dragons. I mean, I know. I know. I know. I'm just lobbing, <laughs> lobbing you a mater there, Jay. <laughs> hey, I was looking up and when I was looking through the ROMs earlier, honestly, because I was thinking about Battletoads and I was showing my daughter like hey here's the original one and i was like oh yeah they made a battle zone double dragon i forgot about that one if i had oh, more time i would fire that up too yeah, i forgot <laughs> about that as well what a weird mashup the right uh, after that we get video shorts and these are the preview kind of deals and the first up is jalico's goal we've already talked about that they give it a 65 percent on the power meter which i feel might be a tad harsh but you know not terribly off i mean my, my impressions of it were kind of like this is interesting and you know not Jellico's best sports offering. The base is loaded, much more more impressive, I think. But even that tennis game, I don't know. It's probably a little better than that tennis game I played of theirs, but um, certainly not fucking incredible by any length. But as far as soccer games go, not bad for NES. After that is American Sammy, a company I've never fucking heard of, dropping Thundercade, and that came out in August. And this is a motorcycle shmup, and I just fucking can't. (laughs) (laughs) And the power meter uh, is 60% of the power meter, and that kind of supports that stance, I think. But, uh, yeah, I didn't even even try to fire it up, because just fucking no, not doing it. (laughs) After that is SNK's POW, Prisoners of War, and fucking side scroll and beat him up set in a foreign jungle and snk is fucking obsessed with warfare man <laughs> like every one really? of their games is fucking iron tank and like just all these fucking games that are just about war you know like fucking like, that's their shtick but like yeah. a lot of it yep the this gets an 82.5 percent so it's at least as good as three stooges supposedly <laughs> uh it, it i it looked pretty solid like you know uh, yeah bitching about like all their games are the same fucking thing to some degree and that they're all you know they're all fucking international warfare but the it they do look good and the games have not been bad the previous ones of theirs that we've played so you know i, I was willing to fire it up and give it a look and it does the, the artwork is pretty fucking good it's it's a like a a, a very I think there's a little bit of isometric elevation to the the view, on, on, and there has to be because you're fighting on multiple planes as you know your sprite, kind of a double dragon esque, and that you can kind of move up and down a little bit, not yeah, that's what a great deal. Like. Yeah, so you know you you need a little bit of fucking isometric deal to to, to kind of get that to, for that to work at all. So yeah, I mean it's it's I mean it's. I don't know. It's a beat em up, and, and rarely does an NES beat em up work for me. Double Dragon, uh, even that first one is not great. I don't think the second one's better. So you know, it's it's a tough, it's a tough genre. Even later on, I like the Genesis. You know, Streets of Rage is good, but that's because it's so fucking good. You know, like yeah. it's it's these tend to be, especially on the NES, incredibly monotonous and repetitive gameplay styles. They're, yeah, they're, you gotta have the specifics. I mean, you. There are those key titles that are great, like River City Ransom, Double yep. Dragon Two. Like there's there's the ones that really stick out, and then there's just a bunch of other ones that are just kind of like them, you know. Yep. And exactly. it, it's funny that we're talking about this. I I feel like I want to do a whole side 
YouTube series on like the the remastered new gen versions of these that keep of coming people. out. Yeah. Yeah, because like like Street of Rage Four. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Like I heard River City Ransom. There's a game called River City Girls, which is like a a reversed version, but it's like you know newer gen. Like it looked interesting. Like I I there's something about this style of play that I. I thoroughly enjoy if if it's done right and it's not just boringly repetitive, you know. Yep. Like it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you get into like TNMT four or TMNT four Turtles in Time. Love that game, you know. Yep. So even even that even that the very first one the the the, the arcade port of the arcade beat 'em up or sorry the yep. NES port of the arcade beat 'em up even that very first one Turtles two basically is what, yes. what it is. And yep. yeah, I mean yeah that you know I. That's such a good application of of that, uh, and it just it it, yeah, it 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 must be such a minute. What do you call that? Like where it's just all, eternally elusive yeah. game design pursuit slash goal slash achievement to get whatever that like undefinable thing it is that makes it fun to do yeah. that same repetitive thing over and over again. You know, like the whatever. I, I feel like you can't phone it in. You know, like with with turtles. Like when you jump in the air, the turtles do like somersaults and like each turtle has its own different weapon. So you're like, oh, I want to be Donatello this time, you know? Yeah, but you be... know, in, in the arcade version yeah. and that, that arcade beat em up, they, they, they have different weapons, but they don't, unlike the first one where they are, there is some variance to mm-hmm. the attack distance and attack power, all the weapons are the same in, in the arcade version. Like they look different, but you have mm-hmm. the same you have the same reach it's just animation is the only difference but it feels different to me though you know what i mean and and that's part of the i guess that's part of the excitement of it's like i'm still donatello this time you know or i'm still leonardo this time though so i don't know plus it just does a good job you're right it's where some of these like i look at pow and yeah it's got good scores but to me it almost just looks like it almost just looks like a lower budget double dragon. So what else is yeah. unique? And that's what it felt so. like too. You know, the you know, there's there's like these the similar mechanics playing it, go through the I think I, I'm I don't know if I got all the way through the first level, but I I played it enough to, to get a get a feel for it, I feel. And yeah, I mean you like you know, there's enemies that have weapons. There was there was a carrot there was a sprite that, that tended to have a knife and it would throw it at you. And like, you know, it's like that mechanic is in double dragon, but it, it wasn't nearly as clean you know mm. and and like the thing too especially on nes it's like a you know it's prevalent in double dragon 2 but it's somehow again it just feels better you like you know the, like the really the strategy is you're trying to like you, you're trying to fake them out and keep them on a just slightly different plane until you're close enough to attack and then you yes. pop onto their plane and start punching or kicking or whatever it is you know and like that really is the mechanic strategy or the strategy mechanic to it and for yeah. that to end up being fun is such a nuanced thing, and like in this case, it it didn't it didn't work. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't dig it, but looks all right. Definitely not nowhere near not eighty two fucking half percent for sure. <laughs> not not a dumpster fire either. SNK is a good developer. It's, it's whatever. If you're into those games, it might be worth a look. The next one is Seda Romstar teaming up to drop Twin Eagle in October, and it is a vertically scrolling helicopter shmup. 65% on the power meter. I didn't have the ROM. Fuck flying shmups. After that is <laughs> LJN. After that is LJN's Back to the Future. And this is a vertical scrolling shooter, if you can fucking believe that, given the IP. What? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the least possibly appropriate genre of game for that uh, IP, in my opinion. 
but oh my gosh. they it gets a this is actually yeah this is again totally nullifying a previous statement so maybe you don't even listen to the first half of this podcast but the <laughs> <laughs> well, send us an email if you would like half your life if you like an hour and a half of your life back, well, I'll email it to you. But the 55% on the power meter here, and that is very fucking right, because this game absolutely blows. <laughs> I, I, I rented this as a kid once, and I remember being so very deflated. You know, oh. like it's one of those, yeah, it's just like, you know, it. Uh, the IP got me. I must have, I, you know, I don't think myself as a huge Back to the Future fan, even as a child, but I'm sure, yeah, I certainly saw the movie, and I'm sure that's what led to me picking it off the shelf. Uh, and it was one of those situations where you get home and you start like, you know, you're just a few minutes in and you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is so bad. I love the movies, but this like this game is I don't recall this at all. I must have never, ever played this. It's fucking garbage. It, it has like, the only you know, it's, it's I did think I remember thinking like, I had this really fond specific memory of the, the, the fading picture on the bottom in the status bar area. Is, is a cool feature. It's kind of like your time constraint in the game. You don't have a, a clock. You have this picture that's on a clock. And as you play the game, it's the you know it's just like in the oh, movie. like the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two brother, you know, and and when all the people when when your your two your two brothers or your brother and your dad, whatever the fuck it is, I can't remember. But when they those two fade, and then you're in, the, I think you're in the middle, and then when you totally fade out, you die. Time ran out, you know what I mean. So the idea is you're going around picking up all these fucking clocks in the game, and it adds time to this picture and keeps the picture from fading away. You know what I mean? So that is the whole deal with the game. But that's really the only thing in the game. Well, there is that. Check that. There's a map of whatever the fuck the town is that you move around to that is reminiscent of the actual underlying IP. But much of the in-game play, like the things, the 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 enemy sprites, like a, well, there's like bees and shit, and I you can get on a skateboard, which is actually kind of a fun idea, but mm-hmm. it was it was awful controls and shit, so it really wasn't uh... that fun. But yeah, like a lot of the shit you battle is totally irrelevant as far as the IP goes, and it's just, you know, there just wasn't enough attention, I think, paid to the underlying property, which is totally in line with fucking LJN being a shitty... Uh, this is... Focused yeah, I'm watching a play of it right now. This is... This does not look interesting at all in terms of... <laughs> like, it looks like, like, it looks like it could be a fun go-around-the-screen and collect-these-clocks game on its own, but when I, if I think about Back to the Future, I want to be doing cool futuristic stuff, which seems like it'd be more accessible sure. in a later gen software, like later consoles. But yeah. like, you need to be doing something with time travel other than this. This yeah. is not, I, I'm sure there future. is some shit with the DeLorean at the fucking clock tower or whatever, but I, you know, it's, I, I can't remember. And I certainly never got that far because the game was fucking hard as shit also. But mm. yeah, I mean, I guess I, we haven't said it yet, but this of course represents the picture Michael J. Fox <laughs> uh, start in from the eighties, a universal, studio movie hey doc we better back up we don't have enough roads to get up to 88 roads well we're going we don't need roads so that's uh, a nice, a really nice Christopher Lloyd quote, and Christopher Lloyd is so fucking good. We had, a, we actually talked about him extensively in the last issue too with Adam's family. So, uh, sure. him, him proving his prominence as a character actor from this time period, uh, being in two fucking of our episodes in a row. But yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the, like I said, the, uh, I like these movies, but I wasn't a huge fan. But if any of it was, was I, I loved. I, mean, I was into. I wanted to become a, like that. My, my childhood career dream was a chemist. So I of course. <laughs> Any sort of mad scientist character like that was interesting to me, and I certainly I liked him as a character a great deal, or that character in the movies. 
The last game in here is a Hot B company and another, that's the other company's name, which I never heard of either one of those, despite my familiarity with this game, but the game is The Black Bass, and this came out in February of 87. So it's a little odd being pushed here and now, (laughs) like, you know, basically three years later. And this is a fishing sim, which is also an oddball thing, I think. The power meter is 65%, and this game is fucking weird, dude. I We rented this as kids, and I had a bizarre attraction to it, despite any real ability to get anywhere in it. And really? That might, yeah, that might be because I was into fishing when I was little. I was, I was like, uh, this kind of, again, right in line with some shit we've already talked about. But my, like, I think what I liked about it, I, I enjoyed the activity itself, too. But I think what I really liked about fishing was my perfectly organized little tackle box. <laughs> Which, yeah, it was, it was 1,000% a prized possession of mine for, for a few years of my childhood. And I just, I just fucking, like, I loved the little doodads, the little rubber grubs and worms and the, the spinner lures and shit. And they're all so colorful. And you could fucking just line them up perfectly in your little box. You know, it, it, it totally catered to whatever that... Uh, exact fucking the type a genetic thing i got going on <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that I like, makes sense yeah and that's probably why i wanted to and tried and maybe even a little bit like this game even though i think it kind of gets shit on pretty bad are did you ever were you into like is that something that ever fucking not at all man not at all teams? so i mean yeah, my dad, dad was like he would be a dude who would oh. be a defense. So I'm kind of surprised. Oh, he is. My dad oh, loves God. to fish. Like yeah. great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I have gone fishing many times with my dad growing up. And, you know, he loved, absolutely loves fishing. I enjoy spending time with my dad. I did not love fishing. So, like, <laughs> at the same time, also, Sunday mornings, like, many a Sunday morning, you know, dad controlled the TV, you know, because it's, it's Sunday. It's oh, time to chill. chill. So if it's like I'm either watching Justin Wilson's down home cooking show or like a fishing show. And so to me, it, like the I immediately reject this because it's like I feel like I'm going to be like I hated sitting watching those fishing shows. I don't want to play a fishing game. I'm good. <laughs> I did not watch fishing shows. I don't, I, I, I don't think I did, but I also can picture a fishing show like I can picture not like a specific host or anything, but like that's a, like that's I'm familiar with that programming. Mean, I know exactly the tone. <laughs> you know, like I like oh, when yeah. you talk about them, I know I can picture them in my head. So I had to have had a little exposure to them. So, but I, I don't think I ever watched them. I mean, I, I definitely had, dude. I had like fishing guides and books and shit. And I remember, mm. you know, yeah. I mean, I dude, I, I have. I don't think I've been since I was maybe nine or ten years old, and I no longer mm. have a tackle box. But but <laughs> I remember. I remember as a kid, like walking to ponds without parental supervision and shit, with my little Zebco fishing rod that my grandpa had literally built from scratch for me, and bait my own lures and fish and shit, and fishing Whoa. in ponds all by myself. So like, That's you know, cool. it was yeah, it was something I would do on my own as a kid. So I, I must have been into it. I wasn't. It wasn't even like a parent dragging me to it or anything. I would never have guessed that, man. It's so interesting because I feel like when I talk to people, if most of the time, if people like fishing, they like hunting. I would love to go hunting, like shooting. Like that's so fun to me. But fishing is just not the same. Like now, though, if I was to go like fishing because I have relatives who like fish on like commercial boats and stuff, that seems cool. Like I would try it. But like just as like, hey, I want to go sit at the pond and like fish. I don't I don't know that I would want to do that. Like that's not really my thing. You know. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like theoretically, I would love to pick it back up. And, and actually, living at the ocean here in LA, I see people just walking away from the fucking like on the beach with rods in their hand and shit. So 
I mean, I don't know the exact logistics of it, but I guess you can just walk out there and do it. I don't, like, I don't, <laughs> I have no fucking idea. <laughs> like, it kind of, it kind of mystifies me now, the the idea and act of doing it. But maybe mm. I should just order all the gear like I did with basketball and go do it. <laughs> like, as well, oh, man, man. Order all the gear. <laughs> it's, fucking... it's it's funny. Like when I was up in Alaska, hearing people talk about it all the time. Since you know that's sustenance, like people do that right. to live up there, and even. You know, even though I was in Anchorage, like an actual full-on normal American city, normal-ish, you know, and but people still need to fish to eat, man. Like it's it's amazing to me, just like that there's regulations, like hey, get your fishing fishing license, yeah, pay thirty bucks, and then you can like fish all year or fish, you know, however long that you want to. And I was just, it still blows my mind, like in yeah. the comparing with the modern, I guess, my life of like, corporate right. living. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's 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 exactly what I mean by the mist of like. How, by saying it's, it mystifies me a little. It's like the yeah, this the idea. I don't know. It's it seems like I don't know. I just can't. I guess I guess what I'm saying is I like, I have a hard time like picturing myself physically doing it. But it's clearly not a terribly difficult fucking thing to achieve. <laughs> you know I mean? right. Like yeah, I mean I, I didn't I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind about the fucking. Thank God you said that because I if I would have somehow ended up down that road and just ordered the shit, I wouldn't even have thought about looking that up. <laughs> and God, God <laughs> I'm gonna go out there and get a fucking in L.A. It's probably like a fucking four hundred dollar ticket. <laughs> <laughs> to not have a fishing license and go fish off the pier or something. Uh, I'm sure there's specific places you can and can't, you know. So. You would think, dude, but I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the beach, it's just a, like, it's a fucking a normal ass beach right here down by me in Playa del Rey. And, like, yeah, I see fucking tons of people just walking away from that motherfucker with, like, last time I was down there, if I can see some dude and his kid, and he's, like, dragging a sled with, I don't know, like, the cooler on it or something with the, their catch or their oh, yeah. ball, yep. you know? And then also, like, carrying the fucking rod in his hand, and he's got the fucking tackle box on the thing. Like, yeah, man. Like, it's, it's, like, nice. it's like a very no-big-deal thing that you can do just about anywhere because, you know, it's not... It's certainly, like, that's a... There's people out on that beach, a, a million of them, and there's no, like... I don't see any like fenced off area where people can throw fucking pointy objects around. <laughs> you know? That's what I was wondering. I'm like, people yeah. swimming while people are throwing rods out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I'm just sure. You know, like, I think there's like, there's like a break wall. And I think you, I think most of those people are coming from where the break walls goes out and like the odds of people swimming there are probably slimmer uh, to some degree, but I don't right. know. Yeah. Okay. It's certainly very interesting. Anyhow. The, this is not a fishing podcast. This is a <laughs> podcast. And let's talk a little bit about those uh, again, I guess. The NAS Achievers is next. And this is high scores. And there's lots of Ohio hits in here. But we can only pick one for our Ohio geography lesson. So <laughs> our Ohio <laughs> geography lesson, this issue will be about Tip City, Ohio. where Tip couple, City. Yeah. <laughs> Tip City. What, what? Where a couple of Bob and Kate McClure finished the adventures of Lolo. So. Jay, where is Tip City located? Dude, I have no idea, but I've, <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with it. Like I know people. Like I met people in college and growing up from Tip City. I may have even played basketball against a team from Tip City. Like, okay. uh, but where it is now? Asking me later after having not living, after having not lived in freaking Ohio for a couple decades. I don't know. Okay. Well, Tip City is located in Miami County, Jay, and that is just in, uh, specifically just outside of Dayton, Ohio. Ah, okay. It, it, is, it is is basically it's on I seventy five, right at the I seventy exchange. So, probably, you can probably kind of get an idea where that exactly is, and yeah. or remember exactly where that is about. And Tip City was formerly known as Tippecanoe, but, but was changed yeah. 
1938 because there was another Tippecanoe, Ohio. <laughs> so, <laughs> rivalry, they lost, I guess. They had to change their name. And the, the population is just a hair under 10K as of the 2010 census. And Tip City is considered a bedroom community. And I was reading this in the wiki. And that's a term I'd never heard before. Do you know what that is? A bedroom community? I have heard that term, but I don't know what it means. I had never uh, yeah, heard it I can tell you what it's – yeah, what is that? It means it's mostly comprised of residential zoning. So it essentially serves as a place for people who work in nearby industrial and commercial areas to lay their head at night. Like there's no real commercial or industrial presence in the town. You know, it's just where people live to go somewhere else and work. You know what I mean? So Got it. it's like a, uh, a mining town to that degree. You know, that's probably like the idea of, or where it first stemmed from would be a, a total conjecture guess about the rooting of that, that becoming a, a phrase. But tip city was the site of a semi notable Indian war battle in 1811 and was founded as a stop or to be a stop rather on the Miami Erie canal, which it's now, that's now like the, the 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 locks that the Erie that 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 took the Erie Canal through there are like completely dry now. So that's probably probably a really cool thing to look at and see. Uh, not not enough to go to Tip City, but <laughs> I, yeah. of, I should look them up of of the dry Erie Canal going through there is probably pretty interesting to look at. But. Ohio Geography Lesson was brought to you by LJN's atrocious peripheral, the Roland Rocker. There is also an <laughs> illustration depicting instructions on how exactly to capture your high scores on a shitty old camera without fucking it up in here. And I thought this was really fun. And that is proof like that kids could just not get this right. <laughs> you know, felt the need to include this illustrated how-to about uh, about the ways to do this is, is so great to me and it absolutely i mean this uh this this fucking rocked and i sent this to you i rocked and rolled at the top of the the retro gaming subreddit for a full day with with this picture so this is something that other people enjoy a great deal to see too sparked Man, a lot of fun I'm, conversation i'm sure that they got so many things so many submissions and people were just like, how come mine didn't get like in the magazine? They're like, we can't see what you're doing. Dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've said it before, but I'll say it again because it's, uh, it's that cool to me. Uh, I want an art house nostalgia photo series. Or I want to do an art house nostalgia photo series of kids as fails pictures. Like their, their excited reflection in the TV screen and the reflection of the flash blowing out what they're trying to capture on the screen. Like that would just be an amazing uh, <laughs> series to have preferably actually preferably in polaroid form it'd be great to have them all in polaroids like polaroids set in a, in a much bigger frame like a whole hallway of those is just a, a really cool art house installation idea to me you know that i would love to love to do <laughs> i actually posted it like i told you i posted the, the subreddit and there's a ton of conversation came out of it and someone mentioned having like one of the comments was a dude saying that he's like i know for a fact that my grandma's house i have a picture of me trying to do this and failing at it <laughs> I was like, I was like <laughs> send me that. Like, I want, like, send me. I want to start. Like, send me the picture. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're cool with it, like, please send me the picture. I want it. <laughs> yeah. So, perhaps that will pan out, and he's okay with sharing it, and it'll get it'll, that'll work its way into our socials as well. That would be fun as fuck. Yeah, that would be cool. Yep. And we get into the NES Journal after that, and that's the home stretch on the mag, as it always is. And first up are the pictures. Speaking of pictures that are cool. The pictures that I wanted of Capcom's Children's Hospital Corners and ask and ye shall receive. So if you don't recall this, it's Capcom dumping 50K into children's hospitals to install what amounted to like these like in, in the children's wings. They would put in these like booths of sorts that were comprised of a couple NES stations and a couple other systems that Capcom titles 
came out on were released for, and this would be along with 36, in the case of the NES anyways, along with 36 Capcom, Capcom games. And they also, which they didn't mention in the, in the first article on this last issue, but they also put in, this is really cool, one of the hands-free controller devices that they have. It's been a while since they were featured. I want to say it was in one of the Nintendo Fun Club newses that they had this, but it's, you know, it's, it's a controller that does not, you know, that, that, that can be played with, with the, they have like a blower device and a, uh, a thing that you, you basically can be all controlled with your mouth. So kids who oh, are, nice. yeah, have a dis- disability that prevent them being able to, from being able to engage games and then like the kind of traditional controller way can also play fucking video games which is goes without saying it's fucking amazing that you're making that accessible to kids that already have to deal with that on a fucking daily basis so yeah, yeah. this this is uh really cool to see and i said i wanted to see pictures of it and i'm so glad they put it in here but unfortunately the, the spread is a little disappointing in all honesty as much as as happy as i was to see this at first i kind of my, my enthusiasm level went down pretty quickly when i was took in what was here but they had it's only one page in the layout which is totally reasonable for this but that amounts to only two photos. And one of them is just the self-aggrandizing dickheads who oversaw the <laughs> standing next to a doctor at the hospital. Like there's zero kids involved. Like, go fuck yourself, assholes. You know, like, like way right. to go finishing your project, but nobody gives a fuck about you guys. I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't know. That, that really pissed yeah. me off. That one of the two photos, but the Thank other you one, for doing this, but we wanted to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like, you know, honestly, like, they're fucking, like, those dudes, there was, they just got assigned a project. Like, I highly doubt those guys are the reason these fucking things are here. But anyways, it was just a job they had to do, so that's all the more reason. Like, go fuck yourselves. But anyways, the the one pick with the kid, Sam Marks, is exactly what I envisioned, though. He, he looks he looks borderline unable to handle how fucking cool this is. <laughs> like, like they, it's like a, you know, a, a, an, an adult authority figure hovering over him trying to get him to to sit there and engage in it and like he's like looking at the screen with the controller in his hand he just looks like fucking he's like i don't know overwhelmed with how cool it is and excited to be <laughs> playing you know which is exactly what i wanted out of this so it makes me like it's so small like i wanted to kind of snap it but the photo is so small that honestly even a screenshot of it doesn't do it justice i don't think so yeah definitely get the get the issue if you want to check it out that's gonna be the best way to look at it the after that they give us they talk about the 1990 Nintendo World Championship Tour announcement and holy fuck would this have been cool to partake in? It's kind of a little bit right. of a rote thing. Everyone, most people are familiar with it, but it's the 1990 you know Nintendo World Championships and this. Uh, well, before we get there, I guess <laughs> they're they're touring just to explain what the the championship is. They're touring 30 cities of this, and the schedule will it says the schedule will be out in the next issue, and I can't wait to see what the nearest city to Oberlin was, so I can be sad about not having made the trip at the time. Because you know, it goes without saying that this would have been incredible to participate in as a as a kid. Oh uh, yeah, yep. And they except I didn't have a Nintendo yet, so when this was happening, I was still dreaming about getting one. <laughs> yeah, like that's a really good question. I don't think I had mine yet either. But honestly, that I mean, it, it, I certainly you knew you knew about it, and you still you wanted. One. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was I was still reading up. I was current on all the news. I didn't have <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I would even have cared if I was any good. I just would have wanted to be there. But heck yeah. So they're they're calling in this in this blurb here. They're calling for submissions to redesign the logo of the Nintendo jerseys. They're always showing Howie's lame ass in for the players' poll third prize. So. If you if basically if you do thousands of dollars of graphic design work for them, they will give you a free jersey of your design. <laughs> They'll make it for you and be like, yeah. "Here you go." Which is thanks for helping us sell more things. Pretty pretty fucking weak, I think, for Nintendo. But and they, and they have that blurb in there too. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it 
since you started, but like they, whenever they do these, they always have that blurb that's a, it very specifically, you know, fine print points out that all submissions become property of Nintendo. Right? <laughs> like, you know, they're taking God knows how many thousands of kids, assuming they had that kind of engagement. I would guess it's in the thousands. Fucking the, you know, uh, just adopting fucking uh, ownership of creative fucking works of thousands of children for free <laughs> like the That's idea crazy, that like they, man. yeah the idea that they don't feel that you know there should be some sort of something um, well not just children i mean think about this yeah. adults were reading this so you're like you're basically like sure let me let me make that exchange that sounds like a good deal probably got some some adult participation too yeah great point yeah i know that's you know it's a little shitty i think but whatever. The pop culture feature after that is for the wizard. And yes. the celebrity profile is obviously going to be Fred Savage as part of this massive marketing venture of theirs. And this is because the movie is coming out on December 14th, the wizard, just in time to push Christmas sales of Nintendo's, of course, and is clearly a joint marketing ploy with the aforementioned World Championship Tour, given it being mm-hmm. what the movie is basically centered around, or the movie's plot, rather, is centered around. And, and you know, I was saying the thing about this, man, like, this... This is a brilliant and epic marketing campaign, and I think you know everyone's probably already uh, in tune with that fact. Who's even kind of thought about the movie and the world championships, et cetera? But like, really think about the nuts and bolts of it, dude. Like, has there ever been that you can think of a bigger marketing campaign than this? Like, I mean, if you think about the cost of of making the movie, like I, I want to say it was like uh, around a ten million dollar budget. I want to say it was like seven or eight eight million bucks they spent on the movie, and you know. In fucking eighty nine dollars, that's that's dough, and mm-hmm. the tour associated with the championships, and then you know it's all basically to sell carts of Mario three. So yeah. all the mar- marketing that went into marketing Super Mario three, which was huge, including like a ridiculous amount of coverage in this magazine, like da da da, like all those things. You put all that in one bucket and think about the expenditure for it. Like that's fucking huge, man. Like I don't, I can't think. Again, if you especially adjusted for fucking. The, the the for 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 inflation like there may never have been a bigger marketing campaign than Super Mario 3 you know what i mean but the real question is was it worth it and i say a resounding oh. hell yeah like the, this this basically was real life to me like the combination <laughs> of the wizard and like the real championships going on it like this was real life like i remember watching like We've talked about, obviously, keeping up with video game mags, and I clearly wasn't up on the Nintendo mag quite yet at this time, because I remember when The Wizard came out, aside from being a Fred Savage fan like everybody was at the time, like and, and loving Nintendo and Mario 2 and all that stuff, when he stepped out in The Wizard and played, and they revealed Mario 3, my head, like, exploded, you know? It was just like, <laughs> what? You know, it was just like, it's like what and it's for real coming out like it just all of this was just so real and exciting like yeah like it, it completely worked like they hooked me like i wanted to go to the championships i wanted to be a champion like the <laughs> little prick that he defeats i thought he was an asshole and like fred savage was the best and mario 3 really is coming out and this he's the genius for like beating it or you know it's just like yeah like completely got me fucking mattel got the power glove in there i'm sure they paid for some of the movie oh yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, you know what's funny about all that? Uh, I've never seen this movie, Jay. Can you believe that? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Turn this off. I'm leaving. Sam, <laughs> shutting doors. We're done. 
what? I was going to do a gimme, 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 Jimmy Woods. And you don't even get the reference. Oh. I've seen the, I've watched the Power Glove scene. And like, I've certainly seen clips and shit, but now I've never sat down and watched the whole movie, dude. Oh my gosh. Uh, this and, it's gotta happen. We're gonna we're gonna host something. You're uh, gonna watch the movie. It is li- necessary. A, a live virtual uh group viewing of, of Yeah. Sure. We're gonna host a watch party or something. <laughs> you, yeah, that's what there, there is it is inexcusable that we're talking prime classic NES time periods and a pivotal moment in my childhood that was I know, happening. I know it's blasphemy. I haven't seen the Super Mario movie either. Which I know is much well, wizard. That's but, shitty. But yeah. this, <laughs> I don't know. I, I told wow. you. I told you you were gonna break me. I told you. So I, I you you oh. did, and you did. <laughs> you know, Dude, the, the, I, even, wow. the really even more amazing thing about it, to, if that needs any uppage at all, uh, and the celebrity profile here is on Fred Savage. I was a fucking huge fan of the Wonder Years as a kid. Like, I mean, dude. First of all, before <laughs> I can, before I even get into the show, Winnie Cooper, man. Yeah, of course. I mean. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> right, like yeah, you're 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 saying I'm gonna file this under water is wet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sky, sky blue, water wet, Winnie Cooper. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah, I mean yeah, Wonder Years, such a good show. I, uh, I should try actually watching to see if it's it's as palatable as a cynical adult as as as. But yeah, I mean I was like tuning in every week, religiously as a kid, and that. So the idea that Fred Savage's participation, like you know what it is, man. Because, yeah, I didn't have Nintendo Power yet. I might have had my Nintendo. I can't remember the – I, mm-hmm. I want to say – not sure if it was eight, so 89 would have been. I don't think I did, dude. I think I actually I want to say I was in fourth grade. I didn't get my Nintendo to 91 maybe. Yeah. Or, or somewhere in really actually, I think. So, yeah. I think I was around the same time because I got mine at like 91-ish too. So, yeah, I mean that you know, that has a huge part of it. That and also, I mean, dude, I, I my – fucking parents not taking me i didn't i didn't didn't get to go to movies that was not a thing that we did so seeing a movie in theaters like this like that was it just wouldn't have got like i wouldn't even have been aware of it or thought of as as something i don't even i shouldn't even i shouldn't even place blame on them like i don't know if i was even pushing for that to be the case but that was probably a derivative fact that it just had never occurred it never happened to me so so like it wasn't on my radar (laughs) in life so i didn't even think to ask for it but yeah, I mean, I, I very few movies. The, the first movie I went to, I have two memories of, of going to a theater uh, prior to age like 13. And, or maybe the second one might have been when I was 13. And I saw, my, my grandfather took me to, I'm sure I saw some fucking kitty movies. My grandma and grandparents were good about this. So I might have seen some shit that I just don't remember. But the my grandfather took me to see Dances with Wolves when I was like fucking five, which is insane. <laughs> like, insane like a three-hour Kevin Costner, like incredibly adult subject what? matter. Uh, I remember sitting in the theater. He's a big Western fan. I remember sitting in the theater with him and just, I, just so baffled uh, <laughs> about what I was looking at. But uh, the other one, the first movie I remember to going on like like without parental supervision was Congo. <laughs> and Congo. yeah, I was going, I went with uh, me and a buddy went with two girls from the, that we had met at the skate rink and were like kind of dating when I was, yeah, like maybe 12 or 13 or something like that. And we went like, it was like a big deal that I had to be 13 actually, because the, the, the theater in Oberlin definitely checked PG Congo was PG 13. So I remember it being a deal that, you know, I had to, somehow prove i forget what the fuck i use as proof i didn't have a license or anything i forget what i used as proof. <laughs> there was something i used as proof to to be able to go in even especially because i was like non-pubic and young looking as fuck so like i probably looked yeah. like i was fucking eight <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
to say that, yeah, I wasn't going to theaters to see movies, and that was kind of the way this movie became a thing, you know. Um, I'm sure, you know, clearly it came out on video and stuff too, but it, the the marketing campaign was really based around the theater experience of it. And they gave, I mean, they gave away. I was looking up in here, they gave away a like a promotional issue of Nintendo Power. It was like a 44 page mini issue that the first two million kids that saw the movie in the theater got as part oh, of coming. Wow. And I actually looked it up. That's in the show notes. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. It's like a amalgamation of like the last three Nintendo powers, like a, a lot of shit that's been in there, DuckTales, RoboCop, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a really cool Dragon Warrior ad actually that I, I posted on the socials from it. But Oh, that's so, yeah. where that's from. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was from the fucking the, the mini issue of Nintendo Power for Wizards. So that's pretty cool. And I, I found a scan of it and a video of it actually. So that's all pretty cool. You should check it out from the, in the show notes. But yeah, man, I don't know. This movie it passed me by. I didn't fucking see it. I, yeah, and I, I don't really know. So I just don't, I don't, I can't, I, I struggle. That's why I've never seen Goonies 2 either. Like, I, like I, I, those movies, I didn't have exposure to them as a kid. And I feel like without nostalgia, I just, it's tough. You know, it's tough to watch mm. a movie like adult, especially as cynic, uh, one as cynical as I am. <laughs> True. Fair enough. Fair point. I, I don't have kids to push me into it either. You know, it's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of impediments. Anyhow, uh, here, the, we got the pack watch next, and it is in line with all the marketing we were just discussing. Uh, it's mostly about Super Mario Brothers 3, and they also sure. have Taxan's Eight Eyes, Milton Bradley's Ab- Abadox, Kimco Sika's Rescue the Embassy Mission, Asmix Top Player Tennis. And I know nothing of any of these, other than, of course, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Rescue Embassy Mission, which is a really fucking cool tactical infiltration sim that I rented a time or two as a top and mm-hmm. it's really cool and I look forward to uh, fucking around with that and talking about it because it's it's a really cool did you ever play it I've heard of that not sure if I played it though but yes. then again going through this like I like that it's Super Mario Brothers 3 and kind of was like yeah whatever these other games Mario 3 is a story but yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I recall playing that I think yeah it's we'll see. cool dude you're like fucking you're like uh, you know, uh, SWAT team members or something, and you like you get dropped in on top of this. You like come down on a hel- you're dropped off in a helicopter on a on a rooftop, and you or no, I, mean, I don't think that's it. You come in, sorry, you get into the town. You're trying to there's there's terrorists or something that are, are in this building, and you're trying to. It starts and you you control like I don't know four or five different little fucking SWAT guys, and you like you each start in a different place a- around the building, and you have to sneak through the streets and and avoid all these searchlights and stuff to get in position to get into a, an adjacent building to the, where the oh, terrorists man. are housed and then get to sniper vantage point. So you like, you try to place all your snipers basically. And then, yeah, you get, you, you have a few guys that get dropped onto the roof of the, uh, the building. And then you can, from the sniper perspectives, you can try to take out people. You can like switch between the characters and you can t- try to take out dudes, terrorists, through the windows by sniping them, like sniping their silhouettes through the windows. And then once you do that to your satisfaction, you then take control of the guy going into actually infiltrating the building through the windows. You got to like scale down the side of the building. You swing through, break one of the windows, and then you're going hmm. through kind of this first person perspective or a little bit over the shoulder, third person, I think actually, but you're going through the, the building room by room and trying to take out the terrorists one by one that are left that you haven't sniped, you know? So like a really, a pretty cool tactical hmm. sim that, is really well done, I think. That's actually the same company that does Shadowgate too. So, okay. I think they, they do good shit. But... Unique. Those Unique all, game. yeah, none of those are out yet. So, 
not a ton to say about them. And the back issue and tip book ordering bridges us to the next issue. And what they're teasing here is more Shadowgate, as we've already mentioned, River City Ransom, which I think we're both excited about. And then a game called Clash of Demon Head, which um, Ted had. So I, I've actually fucked with this, even though it's kind of, I think, a little bit of an oh. obscure title. And then Batman. And I think, like I said, I think we're going to argue about that uh, extensively because I think that's a great game. And, I, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to argue after all. I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this game more thoroughly now. I just remember being hard. Yeah, it is. It is, it is super hard. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. But not, you know, I think it, it, it's one of those not games. Terrible. Yeah, it's one of those games that it had, you know, it, it's one of those games that has been designated as super hard. And then the zeitgeist around it has just kind of proliferated it to a unrealistic amount of difficulty that I don't think <laughs> for it you know it is difficult but it's far from impossible and i've definitely beat it before and when it was nice. I mean, a big deal uh as a kid i beat it on, on og hardware and i remember like it was once i left i remember leaving the nintendo on when i went to school came home you know, like that kind of thing you know, like, yeah, 100%, like it was a fucking huge deal to, to beat that fucker uh so yeah so some pretty fucking some, some serious heat coming at us i think here in the next issue some games that i'm really excited about and below that we get our our letter from howie as we always do and he, which is also something he always does, he's just pretty much touting about how Nintendo was engulfing the universe here. And this is where he actually mentions and led to me looking up the 2 million people to see the wizard get a copy of the, the, the Pocket Power mini magazine. So that's where oh, yeah, yeah. Down the, the rabbit hole of looking that up is his mention of it here. And last thing is the Christmas themed players poll. And this is a pretty interesting one here. These are, you know, sometimes these are interesting, sometimes they're not. But the grand prize is whatever the hell you want it to be with a value up to a thousand bucks. And, you know, basically whatever you ask for, as long as it's valued under a under thousand bucks, and it's probably, you know, not something ridiculous, I guess. I'm sure there's some fucking constraints to how, how asinine your request can be. But <laughs> right. you know, if it's within reason, they'll just arrange it and give it to you. And I've never seen that before as, as a giveaway. Whoa. That's kind of fucking cool, I think. That, especially in the context of like, you know, Christmas and, Making wishes come true. Da, 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 da. Yeah. By the way, Nintendo, a thousand bucks. Go ahead and send me a power glove, a U Force. Like I'm sure they would love to fulfill that request. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know, it's kind of. It says like whatever. It says like a vacation, and you know, of course, I think they do mention video games, toys, whatever. But like you know, it, it, it almost like the idea, the, the odds are, it's almost something else to ask fucking this something we, we got to get howie we got to talk to howie <laughs> yeah, right this is the kind of thing was i'm clearly the- spinning this on video games clearly yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, the odds the odds that it got spent on nintendo shit are just stratospherically high and that of course <laughs> is a very uh you're you're if you look at it from an economical perspective you are really undermining the spending power that you are being given by winning this. You know what I mean? <laughs> obviously they can get that. That's at a discount for them. You're, they're getting it at fucking right. cost. And plus, you know, they, not even a cost. I mean, they fucking, it's, you know, they're probably give you half of it's probably surplus shit. Who knows? But you know, like, yeah, whatever you ask for. But yeah, the idea is that you would want to, of course, buy something cool that you couldn't fucking get from, uh, that you wouldn't be able to buy from a store is really the best application of this. But yep. cool either way. And second prize is a fifty dollars gift certificate to the toy store of your choice. Also, probably all I got spent on fucking Nintendo stuff. And <laughs> and the third is an NES satellite, a third prize. And fourth, in this case, is of course what is usually third prize. I, uh, third prize in, in my memory, but it's Howie in his fucking Nintendo Power jersey. Howie, not. <laughs>
That was the Fazanadu title theme, bringing us back from the break and getting ready for our nominations. Yeah. Who went first last time? I can't remember. Who's going? I think I. I'm pretty sure I went first. Why don't you go first, Josh? Because I know where mine is headed. <laughs> I've got my crystal ball. <laughs> okay. My nominations are Godzilla. I think that was such an interesting and unexpected, pleasant surprise. Okay. And that the strategy elements of it are interesting to me and, and way more, way deeper than I anticipated them being and, and, and worth exploring more. And Shadowgate. Maybe not the two weeks to do it, particularly with me being out. But okay. I, have a, well, I have a hard time not putting this in my nominations until we play it. This is a fair warning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anytime we see it, you're, like, it's almost fucking <laughs> to, to hear about it in, in this section of the, of the pod. Fair warning. And lastly, probably no surprise, is Strider. And I don't think I need to beat that horse anymore. I think I've settled on you. <laughs> so, those are All my... All right. Well, so... I already know where this is going. I started off with four nominations originally, but I know... A couple of them have already been striked out. So my first thought was Contra. I mean, first because it's Contra and because we could play it on Parsec and, you know, yeah. but it's, it, it's it's such a classic that I was like, well, you know, will it still hold up after all this time and, you know, years and years later? So I kind of thought ah, about that. I mean, I, yeah, it's it, it does, dude. I gotta, there's no <laughs> fuck, great game. It's, it's really yeah. good. And I, and I, and that, Shooters like that's I don't that's not my kind of game and it's it's just so good though it's just the, the, it's perfect. Yeah, so I thought about that and then I pulled up NES Play Action Football because I thought it was out at the time and so I was like this would be fun you know something to get into so that's off the list. And then, Football season's about to start too, unfortunately. Yeah, well, exactly. They, though they don't have no they don't they have no Buffalo in the game, which is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> This is right when the Bills were getting hot as fuck, too. It's total bullshit, actually, come to think of it. I've never even thought about that. Like, whether you're talking the 89 or 90 season, I don't give a fuck. But that's when the Bills were just about – they were just – in 89, they were 12-4. 1990, they went to the fucking Super Bowl. Why the fuck aren't they yep. in this game? <laughs> <laughs> right. Fuck. Are they in here generically as New York? I don't know. Yep. It, you, know, it, it, you know, it's all big cities, dude. It, it literally – it has yep. nothing to do with the team – being good like those are all major cities san francisco miami chicago new york los angeles fucking mm -hmm. what's the last denver is the last one the denver is a small city and denver is a pretty big city so like yeah. buffalo you're most not. likely to like one of these yep. <laughs> this exactly. is what our reason says you're most likely to live in even you know <laughs> exactly so we got that one out of the way and then guardian legend just because like i felt like based on the preview there's a lot more to that game if i made it past that freaking unforgiving part and <laughs> My my fourth runner-up slash, okay, this is better than I thought, perhaps, was Strider. Broke you down. I broke you down and got you there. <laughs> I knew well, I it really helped that I was able to actually, like, look at that and say, okay, this is not Shatterhand. Like, I was thinking of Shatterhand a lot of time. Okay. And Strider is fun. Like, even, you know, just playing it through at the beginning, testing it out. Yeah. I'm, I've never, I think I fired up, because it's, Shatterhand is like a late NES yeah, release. exactly. It's like it's, like, it's ninety seven. Because I was like, yeah. wait a minute, okay, I'm definitely mixing ninety seven. Holy fuck, is it really? 97? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. That's not even. I don't like. That's so far beyond what I thought an NES game could possibly be coming out in. Uh, I yeah. I didn't know it was that late. I, I would have guessed like ninety four, and thinking that was incredibly late. <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah, unless what I looked up was wrong, I was I was kind of like, wow, this is definitely not the game I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, I knew. You know, it's like it's it's 
it gets talked about as being like one of the better NES games because of how late it was. And of course, whoever the developer, like it was such a, basically the, the system was mastered by that point from a development standpoint. Well, this is false. This says, okay, this says 91, 92. Okay. okay. So maybe the other that, source is wrong. That makes more sense. Yeah. 97 yeah. Fucking crazy. Uh, yep, but you never know. Like it, it, you never know. Like it's, you just never know, especially with NES. Like, you know, it's just fucking, it's such a huge deal that you just never know. But, uh, yeah, I mean that that game is revered as being like one of the better action platformers, I believe, or kind of beat 'em up deals. So it's not surprising that that is sticking in your head. I've never played it though, uh, beyond like just a, a quick diddle. I think once, just because I people talk about it all the time, and I think I fired it up once just to fucking it's like, what are they talking about? What's so great about this? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't have really any experience with that, so that's something uh, we can talk about when we get there too. Okay. Um... Yeah, man, there's overlap Strider. You're not gonna give me. You're not gonna tuck me, uh, fucking away from that if you if you want to go there. <laughs> Let's do it, Strider. Okay, Let's all right, it all right, Strider. No, no reason to debate it. Get it out of the way so we can stop talking about it. It'll open up a spot <laughs> on my nomination list at least. If if I have if I have uh if I don't if we don't play one of them, two of my nominations will be eaten up before I even start these episodes and will nullify <laughs> the point of reading the magazines in the first place because Shadowgate and Strider will remain there until they're either not in the mag or. We play them. <laughs> Just from an efficiency standpoint, I support the idea, if not an enthusiasm standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yep. It's fun enough that I'm like, there's got to be more to this. I want to play more. Let's do it. Discats, bro. Give me the fucking discats. All right. So we will play fucking Strider between now and the next episode of the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. And you can subscribe to said pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, blah, 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 blah. Please rate and leave positive shit for what we're doing here on whichever of those platforms you do listen to it on. We would appreciate that a great deal. And the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. And you can email us at isohpodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and subreddit. And conversations are really fucking heating up on there. It's cool. We're, getting, we're starting to get a lot more engagement there. And that's really fun. And, appre- and we appreciate that, of course. And Jay, what are your socials? Uh, <clears throat> my gamer tag is gentleman JB without the second E catch me on Xbox, switch all the, all the stuff. Um, I had some old YouTube videos back in my ESO days, but we have to kick that up to get you some live watches going on. This is properties that you don't have, but yeah, gentleman <laughs> JB, that's where you can find me. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Fallen and on Instagram at my shift key is broke. Okay. Bye. Bye.